Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number five with Adikon. Adikon, would you introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Very nice to be here. Um, I'm Atty, in short, I guess. And... My, well, mostly I just PVM a lot, really. Uh, I'm pretty much, I think, the first big PVMer, I guess I would say, to be on the Sebe cast. Yeah, um, I mean, if you don't not, include not... Valor. <laughs> <laughs> well, hunting and PVMing, that's right? True, it's, that's it's true. Sort of, it's a little bit Sort different. of a small distinction. Uh, but the other guys are all great at what they do, but I'm sort of, I'm sort of more of just a, a click boss and ignore the side of skilling. And I like going for pets, but it's not really my thing. Uh, so... Mostly all I do is just sort of cool challenges, some fun stream stuff. Um, again, a couple of pets things, a couple of skill things. I am maxed for what it's worth, but... I was going to say, really same I was like, not of... a skiller, but you're definitely max. Max, yeah, is, max right. has kind of become just like a PVM thing at this point. Like, It's almost a necessity, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel. Um, to, to draw from a really obvious example to go for is like the Inferno, right? People who are running like 80 agility or less these days for speedruns, are bringing two stems. It's a whole inventory slot, and yep. you have a limited amount, right? So that's a, that's a nice example of just even agility beyond 80 being relevant. Um, I currently have two accounts that I play my main, which is Atty, just RSN, Atty, W-A-T-Y. That account's maxed, and my old Zarpus, very cool name, uh, that account's got 73 agility, believe it or not. And I have to run two stems. I just can't do it. Yeah, that's so, obnoxious. It's just one of those things. So... <clears throat> Let me think back to a time where I first met Addy. Let's. I'm trying to think. What was that like? My I mean, I know that was early 2019, but I'm not sure what month. I know. Um. So when did you start streaming? That's what I'm curious of. So I think I started playing, like replaying old school about three years ago now. Must have been around three, just over three years. And I started streaming about six to eight months i think in so once i had an account that was ready to do sort of mid to high level bossing raids wise kind of thing like raids one at least and also 
just general like moving towards the end of the Slayer grind, I guess, because that was just my thing back then. Um, so probably about what two and a well, probably it must, it must be like a bit over two years. So probably like two, just end of like twenty eighteen. Two years, two years, three months, right? Something, okay. something like that. Okay, so exactly. first thing I remember of your stream is obviously you're doing solo raids. Of course. And I had just started streaming because I found you because when I first started streaming, I loved going into the old school directory and Twitch and just looking for new streamers. And you were one that like just instantly popped out. I was like, okay, I'm like, let's, you know, this guy actually knows what he's, he's not, he's not just like some noob, you know, just casually, you know, messing around. Like this guy knows what he's doing. And uh, first thing I remember though, is that you had the best clicks I had ever seen of any PVMer ever. Like, just flawless clicks. And I was so jealous. And at the time, I had this really crappy mouse I was using. And it just, like, oh, I remember man. practicing for days. I mean, d- okay, definitely a mouse helps. But, like, it still is just natural just being able yeah. to just be precise with your the, clicks. And that's this is definitely something we can get into big time. I'm, I'm a big fan of talking about mice and uh, settings and, it, like, be it resolution on the screen or all that good stuff for how, how it affects clicks. So I'm curious, um, um, what do you think, okay, so I'm still pretty newbie at like, you know, what I'm, you're, for sure you're more like into the precision and mice and resolution and stuff, but I, I realized probably six months ago how big of a deal refresh rate makes on like mouse precision. Is that true? Do you, do you agree with that? Ooh, so what, the uh, DPI? Um, no, 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 like the refresh oh, rate you of your the... monitor. Oh, like, actually monitor? Yeah. So RuneScape runs at, what, 50 frames per second capped? Yeah. Can't go higher no matter what you do. Uh, realistically, the answer is no for RuneScape. As soon as you hit 60, which I think all monitors generally do these days, you should be fine. Not to say there's not an edge from going to... Because I, I run 144 currently on my main, and I think most, most people these days try to get a 120+, plus monitor-wise. It's definitely a difference, but it's more of like the quality. That, I don't think it affects the gameplay. It's sort of the quality in terms of how you feel and how and how you look at it and how it is sort of. So I don't know what it, it's, I. It, it's less towards the idea of it'll improve your clicks and more towards this just feels good. So what I noticed was okay. So my brother had like a 4K monitor that he wasn't using anymore, and he's like, "Hey, you want to <laughs> use this?" So I brought it down here, and it was kind of a cheaper one. It was only a 60 hertz monitor, and so I brought it down here, and my monitors were 75, and I kid you not. I had like no precision whatsoever, just just simply reducing from a seventy-five to a sixty because your ma- like the actual cursor just doesn't. It's like not fluid enough. Like it, it almost feels like it's lagging like the entire time. And so I realized it's, it's like it, it's like it has that trail in comparison yeah. to one object. That that's one really obvious thing you notice when you make the switch for sure. Um. And I've never played higher than a 75 hertz, so I'm kind of curious what a 144 would really do. I feel like that would massively improve my uh, precision. I imagine imagine it would help a a great deal. Now I think about it, I've never played on anything less than 144, because when I started three years ago, I had this monitor. I would, honestly, I would, like, almost want you to try it, because it's painful. (laughs) Like, it's actually painful. I, I might play an hour or two and just set it to 60 and see what it's like. Oh yeah, you could just set it to sixty. True, he said sixty. Yeah, but I uh, think these days I've got a bit of the muscle memory though. It's not gonna, it's gonna throw me off for a, a little while, but it won't be sort of the big. That's true because big, it still is the same DPI. It's just yeah, you're not gonna see it visually the same. 
Okay, so but, yeah, that's um, pretty much the first time first time I met you uh, was beginning of 2019, and you were just raids, Andy. You know, just raids, 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 and um, yeah. I was so, raids as well. I mean, to be honest, I re I remember the first time I met you. I I jumped in. I'm like, this guy's actually doing solo raids, and knows what he's doing because that was, of course, what I was into at the time. Um, that's kind of all I built my stream up as, on as well. Was like solo CMs. I I figured like. If I was going to stream something, I wanted it to be something I could grind long-term for, like, a series of goals. And obviously Dust was a, you know, roughly 400-rate goal. That would last a fair amount of time. I figured solo raids were the most fun thing I could do at the time. Good money as well. <laughs> no, it didn't turn out to be. And I've, I've got one of the worst solo GPN hours in all of existence. But regardless, it seemed like a cool goal to go for. And I was like, heck, anyone can stream, just press the go live button. Yeah, literally. And I, and I feel like I feel like to some degree it's a bit of a misconception where I, I know it's I know it's not true for like the really big guys, but these days even if it's like if I want to go live, I can just press the button. I don't have to think about it. I just press the button. Yep. And everyone's always like, "Oh no, there's, there's way more that goes into streaming. You got to prepare." Like, no, just press the button, go live. But that's kind of what it felt like anyway. And it was just sort of, "Hey, come up every day, just you know, four or five hours. That's four or five solar CMs worked out perfectly." Yeah. But it was interesting because I built my sort of early stream on just solo CM, like mindless grinding. Yeah, that's um, perfect, honestly. It, and it was, it was enjoyable. So I always, I also remember <clears throat> on your stream. So one of the things I look for in like streams, like new streamers that I'm like looking for, I always look for like how clean their stream looks. I know that's kind of that's probably not that big of a deal to most people, but to me, I'm like little bit ocd i'd say like just just a little bit and i remember your stream just looked super fucking clean just like okay like this guy actually cares you might just say you know just press the live button go live but he actually shows a little bit of care in his stream and so that went a long way as well I, it makes me wonder if that was the point in time where i had um do you remember those like if i had the vines up on the inventory yep so that that, that so I, I got those really early on actually which was which was a great move um, completely unintentional on my part, but I had a, I had a friend who was good into graphic design. I was like, "Hey, can we just sit down for like three days and run through this?" And it did take like three days of sitting there just figuring out little details and things. Yeah, and to this day, I use that, and I just absolutely love it because it's not one of those invasive sort of overlays. It's not like just in your face. It's just it just blends in, which is really nice. So before but, you um, started streaming, I remember looking at your er okay when you first started streaming. I should rephrase <laughs> that. I, I remember reading your bio, and I can't even remember what it exactly said, but it was something about that you were like a past esports organizer or something like that. I can't even remember because yeah. I think you changed it. But so this, can you this go is, into that? This is a crazy story in terms of how like how it was just man. Okay, so ooh, let's see. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip like the really big detailed stuff. But in short, um, for a period of time, I was playing Rocket League popular car boost jump game yep soccer 2v2 uh sorry 3v3 general great esport game and still is to this day and i had made some friends in a trading scene for it so you could trade skins for cars and the boosts and things and within there was a well still is i think the biggest trading server for the game but it's also expanded to some other stuff these days trade central um i'll send you the link in discord if you want to just have a quick yeah this thing and i had offered 
hey, I've um, I've been involved in some smaller discords. I'm interested in just helping out and wanted to clean up their stuff because it was sort of it was one of those places. In fact, it's this is this is a little known fact. And this is another thing that I'm doing now is like for We Do Raids, which is the biggest raiding server for old school. We Do Raids is actually like an almost direct copy of Trade Central. And almost no one knows this because it's something that I just sort of did in the background when I was sorting out both discords. But they have some extreme similarities between them in terms of how we started to organize. And essentially, after I did management stuff for TC to make it all come up and running and, you know, look all nice and all that. Um, I had been talking with the owner, who had also happened to be an OG Bitcoiner and had an esports team. And it was like, hey, want to do some stuff for the team as well. So I took on a manager position for uh, Mocket Esports, which at the time had one of the better top-tier Rocket League teams. So I sort of made the entry via just helping in a nice Discord server. Seems good. Into, into some sort of manager position for, for Esports, or specifically Rocket League, because they were just purely Rocket League at the time. Um, and then I took some time to sort of push market in the direction of other games. So we started H1Z1, we started PUBG, we started Halo, started Rainbow Six, um, I think even Fortnite and COD at some point. So I started I started doing all that sort of stuff as well. Um, incidentally, that's also where my contact for the designer came for stream. So it's, you know, it's helped in quite a few ways, especially contact-wise, but a lot of experience and a lot of traveling as well, because, of course, I got to go to all the events as part of sort of the overall manager for the teams and stuff. Just, I don't know. I, I can go into that for a really yeah. long time, but <laughs> no, that's cool. But uh, it's sort of the whole package experience as well, with just a bit of everything, whether it be team building, management, Discord stuff, uh, travel arrangements, just just you know everything. So you said you got like back into uh, OSRS in 2018, I think. Yeah. Um, did, so, so did you play like before that, like years ago as a kid? I played very, very, very long time ago, and my my extent of what I was doing at that point was just clicking on goblins, clicking on minotaurs, and I distinctly remember killing minotaurs in the stronghold of security for iron arrow drops. Ten at a time. Selling that in the gene. That was my money maker. That was it. <laughs> and to, you know what's really annoying is these days, they don't have iron arrows on the drop table. They remove them. Really? Yeah. And I only realized this like two weeks ago as I was tutorial skipping, and it was just like, hey man, they, they definitely <laughs> used to have iron arrows. I, I did this for hours on end. Like, that's... I kind of miss that these days. That's the fun of the game as well. That's you back when our, sort of... our frontal lobes weren't fully developed. Right. Like, you just couldn't, like, I... couldn't realize like this is very, very inefficient. I see monster. I click XP go up. <laughs> iron arrow collect. I had a 100k stack at one point. That's a lot. That's did... a lot of iron arrows for 10 at a time. Okay. So when you were a kid, did you uh, understand? Because I've heard a lot of people that didn't understand what attack, strength, and defense meant. I would just train purely attack. <laughs> I was hitting like ones. Like, I think this is something that happens to everyone. But you look up your old account, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's RS three now. And you, so, I, like, I don't know. I start I start old school. But I I try to log into old school. I'm like, what's going on? I, I don't have an account. So you do the thing where you go like, oh, okay, it's an RS three now. I'll just log in and play RS three. You look at your stats and you just quit the game. <laughs> you just like, okay, I'll make a new account then. <laughs> Because you're realizing you're really not that far along. Yeah, you, no, you, you might really have spent you might have spent two years playing, but you didn't play. You just sort of trundled and you know. Yep. Had, but it was fun. That was the point. Um, you got some good memories, and I think I'd rather preserve those and start a new account anyway. Yeah, for sure. But, 
Do you feel like nostalgia, like, is the reason most of us play? I'm actually curious on this because I've heard I, that argument, but like, yeah, it I'm, has I'm to be a leading factor, right? It yeah, has yeah. to be a leading factor to get into it in the first place. Yeah, and then you know you give it six months and you're hooked. It's not really about the nostalgia once you're sort of enjoying the game. But in terms of getting back into it, yeah. And I think even more even more so than that, it's something that the management for the advertisement team understands very well because almost every post you see on almost any platform is like it's re it's it's like it's not experience the game, it's like re experience the, the nostalgia. They actually use those like terms, right? Yep. So so they definitely understand that it's a big factor in bringing people back. Um and not not that I really understood like how big the game was back in the day, but it, it's a really big game, um, or at least was considered to be one of the biggest at the time. I, I guess it's still the biggest MMORPG, I suppose. Although you know, I mean, they, they give all the figures about there's like twenty million accounts. Yeah, you know, I'm sure nineteen million of them are bot accounts, but <laughs> yeah, you know, there's still a million accounts, right? So, so yeah, like when they say the biggest MMO, is that like? Because I know they, they add the words, like, the biggest free-to-play MMO in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, like, so it's not... I'm pretty sure they even, like, mention that. So I'm curious, because I'm pretty sure World of Warcraft's a lot bigger, right? Like, I, I would I would have thought so, yeah. but uh, Especially with concurrent player base nowadays. It has to be that free-to-play, like, term in there that just, I don't know, makes it the biggest, I, I think. I've always, I've always thought it's just bots pushing up the numbers, though. I mean, that's probably bought... still a big factor to it. <laughs> to be fair, though, to their, to their credit, either way, they're either, the, they're either the biggest or the second biggest, I imagine. Yeah. I, I find it hard to think there's much that's in third, fourth, fifth place. So they're not, they're not entirely wrong. Um, or wrong at all, really. Yeah, no, it's massive. And it's crazy so, that it's growing. Like, the game is literally growing, which is... It's especially this year, yeah. one of the few things that is positive for the game is player base it's been great uh trailblazers are what hit like 175k i want to say concurrent something at one like point. that insane and this is this you know in part to lockdown but of course in part to just how good the content was um that's really really crazy to think about is that many people playing and again you know what, thirty thousand bots it, it doesn't matter the point is you have a majority player base that's actually growing and, and consistent which is really cool to see and I, and I I think if you look at the numbers right now, as as opposed to pre-Trailblazer, it's still higher. Yeah. Um, even though there's almost no one really playing tra- Trailblazer, everyone's either burnt or they're done with their thing. For sure. Minus, minus Tryhard Dragon, but you know. <laughs> so, Did you play any Trailblazer? I did play Trailblazer, and... Oh, man, this is a rough, this is a rough one, because I had, I had one goal that I, that I ended up settling on. I, I sort of started thinking, I'm not really going to play, and... Even even a week before it started, um, Mod Husky was like, "Hey, you're gonna be playing uh, Trailblazer in stream." I'm just like just thinking about it because you know he'd spent time developing. He was just there, and I was like, "Nah, it's not really my thing. Um, I'm probably gonna wait it out and see if it's any interest." And then day one, I'm like, "Right, let's get on this." And just I spent twenty hours straight just <laughs> just grinding away. Um, but my my goal ended up being Inferno speeds, of course. Um, Considering that you know my main focus for general content raids is not available, so it wasn't available. The only other thing I wanted to do was was Inferno, and we can talk a bit about maybe like my love for Chambers and Inferno as opposed to Tob, which is sort of just left out. It's like the unwanted child of what I do, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, Inferno was just like the go the obvious goal to go for, for for the main reason of doing a couple of things. One was getting one of the fastest times. The other was just like grinding out KC, and the other one was going for pet. The three things that I thought were like good to go for anyway, with regards to content and what I wanted to do. So, anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, for what it's worth, my regions were was it Mithsling you have to start with, and Desert secondarily. No, sorry, not not Desert. Um, Karendra, secondarily. And then I decided to pick Desert, and this was tactical, even though most people didn't do this for Inferno Speeds. Is that just and for this darts? Just purely for the the ability to to smith darts. Just just that, nothing else. Ancients actually came in handy as well, but I wasn't really too focused on that. And I think at the time, my idea was like, if I want to go for fast times, I want access to darts to do lots of runs. Because you can get them from catching Dragon Imps and uh, Vorkath and stuff, but it's just very awkward, and I didn't want to have to go through that process of killing stuff to get darts like Rotus Guardians. Um, Were you able to get on Ancients during the leagues? Is that possible? Only if you took Desert, yeah. Really? So you could just do the whole thing? But you so, would ha so, you'd have to have different areas, right? Cause... So, so what was crazy was if you took Desert, you auto-unlock Ancients. Oh, okay. Okay. And I and once I realized that, I was like, that's even better because if I end up being in a position where I'm like, Pillars and Monka, gotta have gotta have ancients, then we have ancients. So Okay. It worked out it worked out nicely. Interesting. But uh, what was my fourth fourth region was uh I unlocked Asgania last, so what am I missing? I'm missing I'm missing one key region. Can uh the elf the... place, wasn't that for Zora? Oh yeah, okay. The most important one, of yeah. course, that I forget. <laughs> Uh, Tiraran, which I can't pronounce. I think that's right. Yeah. Which I think everyone had to take. If you're doing if you're doing range relic for T3, you have to take it because it's a blood pipe. Um, more interestingly, though, crystal armor and crystal bow became the main DPS method for like Zuck uh, during Inferno speeds for Trailblazer the entire time. Yeah. Because the crystal armor had like a thirty percent accuracy buff or something with the whole set. And then you add the range relic, and then you have a crystal going from three tick to two tick. It was like a blowpipe on steroids. And then you and then realize the blow, how, then... <laughs> how crappy a one tick blowpipe is. You're like, I can't utilize all of it because I need to keep moving. Well, that, that was the interesting thing with it, because when I initially wanted to go for speeds, I was like, this is going to be a crazy challenge with regards to your movement and how you control the, the ticks and the character timing and all that. And the reality was blowpipe go shoot pew pew and you can't do anything because it's one tick yep you can't you can't move or you lose a tick that's the problem with it um as fun as it was so it, it in a sense like sure your time was amazing but you also reduced the skill the skill level like from ri a ridiculously high ceiling as it currently is to just flat zero uh to where you know where almost anyone can just go in uh, so, so to put this in perspective once I had unlocked the sixth relic, which is Drain in my case, I literally went into the fight caves on stream. I put up Mage Prey. I put my mouse on top of my microphone, sat my sat my sat back in my chair and crossed my arms, and I got a fire cave. <laughs> that was that was the stream. Wait, really? You didn't. People, it was just auto retaliate on. Five hundred people turned up to watch me do an auto retaliate fight caves. Jesus Christ! I, I, I did a hand, I did a handstand for Jad, which was very cool. <laughs> but that should, but if if nothing else, that puts into perspective the power of both range relic, one tick blowpipe, and drain, just as it stands. Yeah. Now. So uh... that so that was just insane. 
but it, but again, it removes the skill level entirely. It's, That's it's, true. It's quite a shame. And I've talked about that on my other podcasts where, like, you know, items get so good in the future. Like, there's so much little right. bits of power creep that eventually things that used to be very difficult, like... I mean, honestly, even Chambers, when it was first released, like, there was no Dragon Hunter Lance. There was no Sanguinesti. It was Whip and normal Trident, like, you know, Trident yeah. of a Swamp. And it was, I'm, like, just very different to what we have now. I'm very awkward about this one, but with Sangstaff, I will happily agree to use a Sangstaff and think, like, yes, this is a relevant good item that heals you. And I look at Blood Fury that gets introduced um, mid this year. And I, I despise Blood Fury. I absolutely hate it. I can't. I don't know why. Because Sangstaff to me feels like I'm doing maximal DPS. It's the best item. And Blood Fury feels like it's not a torture. And I can't wrap my head around the idea that it's just giving you free heal that allows you to keep doing DPS. And therefore it's good for things like Solar CM. No preps, especially. Um, but I can't, I can't personally wrap my head around this idea that it's actually better in terms of DPS, even though it's effectively the same. Yeah. Especially if you very, lose a max a, hit a weird, from it, yeah, yeah. Trailblazer, though, again, is, is like a really nice example of power creep. But that, like, that's the end game. That's if people are wondering, like, what the hell is power creep and why is it a problem? That's why you don't want to have that. That it was, it was like reminiscent of RS three days. You just AFK, AFK drag, yep. and they, they do right. You just sit there and like get fire cape, get fire cape, get fire cape. Pet now, thank you. And I have friends in Trailblazer who would go to sleep and start a fight case, like. <laughs> That's, that's so that's, bad. Yeah, it's. It, I know it's fun because it's you know it's it's not something you have, yeah. you have access to in old school. Yeah, yeah. But we really, really do not want to have that in the main game, and it's very scary that things are. Well, I suppose we're not progressing like that, really. But it's gotta gotta keep it in mind, I think, and especially the dev team has to keep it in mind. Yeah, no, for sure. And I see, I see like leagues as a good addition because they've at least added a distinction okay this is a temporary game mode they've totally um just emphasized on that this is temporary like we're not gonna be adding things from leagues into the main game but what always scares me is like i'll go to reddit after a league ends and everyone's like oh my gosh like stackable clues were so much, so much fun. fun and yep. this speeding up this was so much fun but they're like these casuals that don't really understand like health of the game they just want like instant gratification and fun and it's like oh god you're like, playing, playing the wrong game buddy i mean yeah. play, play play the next league when it comes up but yeah. please don't it's kind of, it's it's a little scary because people do experience it and then they're like man that was so much fun and then when especially when it's gone and then they like go back to the main game they're like my xp is not high enough my you know just everything's not extreme enough that they like need more so that always kind of scares me but i think jagex understands in fact honestly i give jagex a lot of credit for yeah they make mistakes yeah they are not like perfect but like honestly they've kept the game pretty damn EO- good they haven't eoc our game right yep it's, it's kind which of is impressive because it's been out for almost eight years now which no, is no 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 mtx no eoc type things yep um do you think that makes the game, in a sense, a bit boring though? That they're not trying to evolve combat, not not to the not to the degree of old, not to the degree of RS three, but sort of introduce new combat ideas or so. Like what's so like one of the examples I like to bring up for this is max it times accuracy equals your average damage. Why? Why? What's the difference between 
old school mechanics in the sense of dealing your average damage versus an RNG damage number? Does it truly change anything? With the exception of making PvP both fair and speedrunning viable. Like, more viable, anyway. So you're saying that instead of getting... Um... Instead of hitting zero to your max hit and having an accuracy yeah. roll to determine whether you hit, change it so you always hit half your max hit times your accuracy roll. And that, would, and that essentially gives you an average kill time every time. So right? I'm curious because... Okay, so I've thought about this before, but I feel like it makes things dull in a way. But again, I've never actually experienced it. I don't really know. But when you're just hitting the same number over and over, honestly, mm-hmm. okay, now that I'm actually saying that, kind of, kind of <laughs> nice in a way. But like, at the same time, the, the, I so don't the, know. the main, the, the 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 one, the things to think about are like, the, it is it is huge. For two aspects of the game, again, PvP and speedrunning. Yep. Because PvP suddenly becomes instantaneously fair across the board. If you are if you are catching prayers when your opponent is not, you will beat them. You absolutely will beat them. That's right? true. Um, which introduces the idea of true player skill making a genuine difference. And it's not to say that these days that player skills are not relevant. Of course it is. I mean, look at Oda's tournament literally yesterday where the best players ended up coming out on top, generally, at least. Yep. But, um, I mean, they have a PvP tracker tool, right? It shows you the stats mm-hmm. on stream. And there's, and there's, and what comes to mind was, I think, literally one of the first fights. And a dude's running a Kodai, and he hits 70%, 77% of the barrages you think he would have hit, according to the tracker, I think. And the other guy's hit 104% yep. without a Kodai, and it's like, how is this fair? Um... And it's one of the reasons I've never enjoyed PvP is the idea that it's RNG. I know that's, to some degree, the appeal, is that you you can hit big numbers. But the player skill just doesn't feel like it's there to me. Not like other games, like um, you compare almost any other successful, especially eSport game that's branded as like an eSport and is played in tournaments. It's not RNG. It's most certainly not RNG. Um... In CSGO, it's not RNG if I shoot towards the head and hit the head, right? Yep. Now, that's extreme. Um, I remember playing PUBG a little bit, and I was like, you know what? There is no, there is no like, oh, the game chose to not shoot you in the head. Yeah. If you are on the target <laughs> and the player stays there, like, you will mm-hmm. get a headshot, and it's very satisfying. Albeit it's a more sort of complex, you get to move around and the strategy to it. Yeah. And I don't think there's, it's not there's not strategy to old school. But it would be very limited indeed if, if it was just, like, straight same hits every time. Yeah. And there's definitely, like... So I think of, like, NHing and then I think of risk fighting. Where risk fighting, it does have that skill. Because you can choose not to ever be chanced. And you can choose to, like, do every single, you know, thing correctly. Get your, you know, your mall. I've never risked fought. But, like, you know, you get all your ticks perfect and, like, you'll be fine. Because then you can just telly out if RNG doesn't go your way. But, like, NHing is, like... You have a limited amount of supplies, and if your RNG just isn't good, you're just gonna die. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's one of the, it's one of the it's one of the big things that still to this day drives me like big away from PvP. And I've done I've done a fair not not a crazy amount, but I've done a fair share. Uh, sorry, give me one second. You're good. Sorry, all good. So. um... What are the negative aspects to that, though? Like, can you think of, like, 
just be okay. Well, one is so I've been I've been camping nightmare for five months, and mm-hmm. at this point, I basically have best in slot <laughs> gear. Besides Minus having a mace for like the mace. the one parasite you need to hit and like the husks, yeah. but like other than that, like I've had a fourteen ten solo, and it's not because I really did anything special. It's because my scythe and my harmonized staff just went off for one kill. It was just very lucky. Yep. I just was hitting constant 300, 400 XP drops, and yeah, I literally got a fourteen. I didn't even bring full ancestral. I I didn't even bring two pieces of the ancestral so i was getting two less Scythe. max hits and i still Scythe got a 1410 yeah Scythe, Scythe goes whoosh yep or, or so in this case chad i definitely understand the like skill aspect um it would definitely be like increased especially like inferno if like inferno was like just well here's the thing here's kind of an issue about speed running at least in my opinion if if everything mm-hmm. had become like a normal hit it's like you couldn't get a zero set on like the inferno ever if it was like if that's how the hits were like they would just be impossible basically i'm i'm i i can wrap my head around that and i think that's fine personally so, because okay. f- for one for one the set spawning means you have to deal with it which is a good thing in terms of player skill and two i, I i'm i know no set's nice and it's a time save but you're only competing against how do i put this Let's look at it this way. I think to date, none of the records that have ever existed for Inferno have been contingent upon getting a no set. How rare is it to get a no set? What's so, the house on it? Do you know? I have spent the last two days with my good friend Phone Man running a extremely in-depth Zuck simulator. And the numbers came in today, less than two hours ago. The chance to get a no set is nine million two hundred and sixty four thousand zero and eighty nine in one billion, which comes out to about one in one hundred and eight. <laughs> so that assumes you're on task. One twelve range spotted, zero zero mystics, one in one hundred and eight. Wow. And I've had two, personally. So I, I'm actually at slightly Boom. slightly overrate, I think, in the amount of zucks that I've done. But there's um this this sim thing is a really interesting one. We were looking at Gino's Zuck, which happened like th- four months ago now, I wanna say. He got a one thirty three Zuck. One minute thirty three seconds, no set. And it is just unfathomable, unfathomable to think that that actually occurred. And I have the data in front of me, it's not processed, it's just sitting on my screen right now. And a one thirty three Zuck is a 93 second Zuck, which is 155 ticks. Now, without 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 saying anything, I can send you this from my uh, data set right here. That's all the amount of ticks, 155 and below, that occurred out of 1 billion simulations of Zuck. Jesus Christ! One billion. I know, one billion's overkill, right? Mostly, uh, you know, even a million would give you an example of what you. Yeah, need to see. that is crazy but I, rare. I, I, I like my smooth drafts, damn it. So I, I, I ran a billion. It only took a twenty-eight hours, twenty-nine hours actually. Um, it, it's not as rare as you would think, but it's really not likely. We're talking. I, I think 
based from that, it's like what one in twenty three k. Sorry, uh, twenty three k out of a billion. So if you were to get a hundred, if you were to get a hundred and twenty tick, um, Zook, you would only get that five times out of a billion, right? One one in every two hundred million times, you'd get a one one twenty. 0.0023% chance of getting a a Geno Zuck or better. Now you know you want to know what the even crazier thing about is, is about this. Geno missed ticks. Jesus. So it was probably it was even. It was even faster. How many ticks even, did you lose? Did you like study it or did you like I, see? I'm it? Go, I'm I'm gonna find out. I'm I'm gonna make a video on this at some point in the next few days. I'm gonna find out the exact time loss that he had, and we're gonna go back and have a look. But. It pushes it down an, an, an extra set of five to ten ticks. Jesus! So he. So we're talking about a truly, truly rare occurrence in terms of speed running in the Inferno. And it's crazy to think because there's really not cool. that many people that are speed running Infernos in the first place. It's not like eventually no, that, somebody's like... going to get a four-piece Barrows chest or something, you know? Because there's so oh, many people that do Barrows. Out out of all the people who run Inferno, and it's an increasing community these days, but. The, uh, until recently, there were less than 10 people with sub-50s. There's 11 now, I'm pretty sure. But 11 people who are capable of even getting sub-50, of those you assume who are able to do good, consistent zucks and get there, get there fast enough to make it happen. It's not a lot of runs at all. We're talking probably 100 per person. We're talking maybe a sample size of 1,000. Even, even, you know, even if it was 5,000 at best, it's nothing compared to, like, the chances of actually happening, yeah, like a one in, like a one in fifty million chance, yeah, or something crazy. Well, we're gonna find out soon, but it's it's pretty crazy, yeah. Um, I'm kind of no, curious, like with mm-hmm. with other calcs, and like I'm just I'm thinking, like you know, there's an average zook time, probably. How how long is like the average zook supposed to take if you don't miss ticks? Do, like, do you know that the average zook is three minutes and four seconds, or three hundred and six ticks? Okay. And so th- this includes a set of assumptions that you tag everything correctly on tick. And if you get a no set, you two tick jad tag with a blood pipe. If you get it offset, you chin it. It also assumes healers are procced correctly for you and that you tag them on eight ticks. So four blood pipe hits. Wow. And with all of those uh, things occurring three or four. So what is, has anybody ever calced how long the average inferno run should take like that entire run should take on average <laughs> this is a really tricky one because there are so many different wave spawns that you'd have to work out i think it would be impractical to ever yeah that, no, for sure unfortunately yeah we, no, so, that would be actually be so crazy to do one of my passion projects has been the inferno discord for the last four or five months which is probably the most the sort of you know, beyond, beyond all the uh, specific stream stuff, this is like my one thing off stream that I've really been into. And within the Discord, we've had a, a channel set up called Splits Data. And in Splits Data, we, ha- we have a... Uh, this is actually an edited version of a spreadsheet that I made from someone else added to this. But we've been collecting data from all sorts of runs. And we now have this really, really nice set of data for different... Uh, completion times so if you make a copy of this or even have a look at some of the bottom tabs we have um sub 75 runs all the way down to sub 50 runs and slightly better and we're just compiling all the like the more data the better for these right 
But we now have a really good idea of, of like human limitations, I guess. And if you have a look at what's really cool is the sum of best. At the bottom right, the yeah. sum of best for Inferno is 43 minutes. 43 minutes. Whereas the record right now is 47.39 or th- uh, 47.9. Yeah, 47.39, I think. Now, of course, that's all RNG. But um, even with players playing really well and, and getting an average for things, we can still see that you know, 48-minute runs, 49-minute runs should not be that uncommon. And there are some players who can pull off sub-50s consistently. So, Wow. This is some like uh, five head stuff. Like, it's it's fun I, to I'm look like at. Trying to, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I think it's more important to actually watch the runs and really take notes on how people are playing because it, in the moment, it's very obvious. At least these days, to see on wave start, is there something that is like genuinely good that you should do, and you know, like, is, is there a set piece to each wave? And often or not, there is. I'm personally interested in in a perfect run, much more than I'm interested in having a faster run. Yeah, no, I for sure, I, I, where it's purely skill, it's in your control. This is Yeah, and this is another one of the reasons why I like the idea of having set hits, because then you could do a perfect run and know if you did a perfect run. But, I mean, um, I guess you can already know if you do a perfect run in the first place, and that would be impressive enough, but... I see your point yeah, where it's like it's, it, you would like to at least get the results of like There's no run. there's no time correlation to yeah. doing a perfect run as it is right now whereas you could have one That's which true. I think is cool. And I I look at just, you know, something as simple as a nightmare where honestly you, you can if if I were to really try, I could do an entire run perfect ticks, perfect switches. I would need to really focus mm-hmm. because those eight-way mage switches, but like you can you could pull off a perfect run pretty easily. It's only a 15-minute fight. But yeah, with Inferno, there's so much going on. It's, like, insane. So, it's like, fair to say there has never been a perfect run, and there probably won't ever be a perfect run as it stands. Especially if you think about the bats hitting you. Like, because you can... Oh, yeah. Like, you're not allowed to hit a bat. You would have to kill the major first, correct? Like, that would be the definition uh, of perfect. Yeah, it, I suppose that. I suppose that's true, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. It depends. If if you set one of the things as like a bat is going to get to you, and the major is not going to have taken damage, I think in that circumstance you would assign yourself like the idea that killing the bat is a good idea. True, and you would make there would be a lot of so things. Going this on. is this is even more stuff that gets into it. But interesting. Well, <clears throat> we did. So I did post a Twitter link. Um, this Friday, so on Christmas, we posted something. And this is, again, for the listeners out there, every single time there's a Sebae cast, the Friday before, I will post a tweet with your guys' topics and, like, specific things you want us to talk about. And, like, seriously, have to emphasize, once again, that we will get to your topics, basically. Like, unless it's a stupid topic, but there's no stupid (laughs) topics. No, no, no. But, like, seriously, like, if you want... If you want us to talk about something, you have a very, very high likely chance of us talking about it. So follow my Twitter. Follow Addy's Twitter. I'll also be on the thing. But let me go to the Twitter. Okay, so here it is. Got a bunch of topics. We're also going to just be rambling on about other things. But let's... We already rambled oh, yeah. a crazy amount. <laughs> no, we got a lot. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. And, like, this isn't even... Ton- Actually, you know what the first thing I want to talk about is? 
first thing I want to talk about isn't even on the Twitter. It's um, something that Addy was telling me a little bit about. And I'm actually really curious because I don't even re- – I don't understand exactly what it is. But I think I know what it is. Okay, so I hope I understand. Okay. What, what are granite chins? Oh, yes. Okay, thank okay, you. Can we just talk yeah. about that? Like just this go is... into it. Just before, explain. Before I do anything, I'm going to bring up a notepad and just type granite chins on. <laughs> Pure, purely to keep myself on track because it's, it's already been a nice curvy road all around. But – um. Granite Chins is like my latest brainchild idea. Sort of the this is this is this is born from the idea that yeah, they're useful for Inferno speedrunning, and that's kind of my ulterior motive here. But at the same time, Black Chins are a level sixty-five range weapon, which is which is quite low these days. We got Blowpipe at seventy-five, and we got you know actually I don't know what else <laughs> I don't know what else is beyond seventy-five to be honest. But anyway, we, we know the system is terrible for, for labeling items for what their level is. But Black Chins is at level sixty-five. We could easily have something at 75. Granite Chins. We have Dust from Grotesque Guardians. Untradable Drop. Wouldn't affect the economy if you uh, allowed them to be used somewhere else. So giving uses to Granite Dust is something that's come up a few times for, well, across the years. And no one's ever really come up with a good solution for where they would, you know, use this dust other than cannibals. So, what about on Black Chin Chompers? Make turn them into Granite Chins. Level 75 plus 2, plus 3 max hit, plus 10 accuracy for ranged. Uh, maybe something cool like re- re- removes the idea that chin accuracy is dependent on its range from the target. Maybe. Um, could in- could like increase the explosive damage around it. I don't know. But um, in short, it gives black chins a range level increase and another use. Takes them out of the market because it makes them untradeable. Gives granite dust another use, which has been asked about forever. By extension, increases the likelihood that people want to do Grotesque Guardian boss and or stack up the dust. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, that alone is great. And then you have the idea that, sure, even if you were to use them for range training to get faster XP rates, you still have to go collect the dust. It's not actually more efficient. Um, if your plan includes killing Grotesque Guardians for, like, something else to get the dust as a byproduct, yeah, maybe it's efficient, but I, I've thought about it and I can't think of a reason why you'd do that. And the same sort of goes for... Um, like, you know, if you were using granite cannibals for doing range training, it's not efficient. I, d- I don't see why you'd ever go to the boss unless you were, like, specifically patenting or something strange. Yep. No, um, I think that's... So, it's exactly yeah. what I was thinking, because we never actually talked about it, but I remember seeing it, and I was thinking, that's probably going to be, like, some extra max hit to black chins. I think it's a great idea, honestly, because... <clears throat> Like, we have granite cannonballs. I mean, who really even uses cannonballs nowadays? Like, for real. But besides, like, Slayers. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a good point. <clears throat> but, yeah, I think uh, I think granite chins would actually be pretty cool. I think uh, – I'm trying to think because, like, mm. just adding an additional max hit or something or, like, three max hits potentially to mm-hmm. each, like, ex- to each hip splat or whatever would be – good but yeah like what you're saying where there's like maybe an additional perk to it that just the other chins can't even do how many i don't think it should be like mega op it just needs to be that little boost that gives you yeah yeah Not, something it, that it, can it, be it should be something that is it is something that should never be worth the time getting the dust is is the bottom line that's the limiting factor it would be and very hard anything, to make it that op that, where yes. it's actually worth to go to grotesque guardians yeah i suppose do you like the fact that granite dust is untradeable yes and i've got one hundred eight thousand left in the bank still after using a hundred thousand 
<laughs> so I, I've been saving mine as well, which is great. And I think it should stay untradeable. Not just because I have some, that's kind of the meme, but also the idea that it's... That it wouldn't uh, ever I, I, just be in a, a, just a buff. Like, you can just buy it, it's a buff. It, it would be yeah, something that you have it, to work Essentially, toward. it makes it something unique that you have to go and climb off. It, it also... The thing with this is that it makes main accounts Iron Man, in a sense, right? Yep. That's kind of what it does. And um, I don't play my... I, I had an Iron Man for a long time. Uh, but I kind of gave it away to a friend after I realized I was never going to really get into the mode too much. But the idea of, of like playing an Iron Man still really fascinates me. And, and still at some point, I imagine I will probably pick one up like long term. Maybe in like a year or two when I get really bored of the game. But, Until um, Raid 3 comes out. When do you think that's coming like, out, by the way? Do you know? Do you have any idea? I don't know. 2022 at this rate? It's it's a shame they're not giving anything away about it. And we know they haven't started. We know for certain they have not started development yet, which is a shame. You know, I think a lot of us thought that it would be, to some degree, under, under development this year. It's like... It's, okay, so it's kind of interesting you point out that, like, you know, untradeable drops kind of makes mains a little bit more like an Iron Man, sort of, where it's just mm-hmm. not everything's purchasable. And there's there's so many items that make well, Iron Man like mains in a way, like where, or make mains like Iron Man, where yeah, it's just like yeah. there's a bunch of untradeable things. I mean, some one really good example is the Vorkath head, right? Yep. I, think, I think that's by far one of the best examples in the sense that it forces you to do this entire quest line to go and kill Vorkath, like 50 of them. Well, not necessarily, but you know, li- likely to kill fifty of them, just to get this one upgrade for your backpack to make it good. So I've kind and of, I've like it forces progression, right? Yeah, yeah, no, way. for sure. I've kind of um, messed around. It's kind of a, it's definitely a meme at this point. But like, I've talked to my stream about, um, like, okay, I don't play a main. I've I've mm-hmm. exclusively play Iron Man, but I was thinking, like, honestly. Mains have kind of gotten to the point, and I think of little things. It hasn't actually gotten to this point, but I I tend to think mains have gotten to a point where you can just basically buy anything you want. Like, it's not actually that extreme, but I think of, like, clues. Like, you can literally just buy clues. If you have enough money, you can just buy, like, stuff zero time. And, yeah. And I always I always I, think... I'd go the step further. I'd say you can buy just about anything. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, really, I really would. Yeah, and we're not even talking about services yet, but <laughs> I mean, you can literally yeah, buy mean, anything. But if, like, if you're, if you're going to spend like IRL to genuinely buy the account, you can. You, I mean, services gave quotes on full accounts, like max completionist accounts. Jesus, they've they've done it. No one's bought them, but the, the you know the option exists, which yeah. is what's silly. No, I think so. I I it was just kind of like food for thought. But what if mains could? What if what if there was no untradeable item in the entire main game? Every single thing could be purchased. But <laughs> but, but 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 before we before you start thinking of it, you have to have the requirement to still wear things. So so you couldn't just buy a ninety nine construction cape and wear it and utilize it. You would still have to have that skill to use it. But you could oh, you could buy it, and I you could heard. you could buy master clue caskets. You could buy an infernal cape. Um, to wear the infernal cape, though, you would need to have Completely bought. <laughs> no, no, no. You would have. No, 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 no. Oh wait, actually, I'm trying to think how it worked. How it worked how exactly? It, that's, because that's an odd one, right? Because because there is no actual physical requirement to wearing a, an infernal cape. You can wear one at one defense. I feel like this is a bit contradictory because for something like that, 
you would have well i i think in infernal cave you would just be able to wear it yeah no yeah what. no no no. you would right and you wouldn't even need to complete the fight caves you would just need to buy your own fire cave yeah. show it to the or wait no you wouldn't yeah. even need to do that you just wear the infernal cave that's true no well, but i i it was kind of like food for thought where it's like what if every single thing you do a quest you can buy every single untradeable thing that you're about to get in the quest and you can just buy it all like it's just every single item is untradeable I, or is tradable I, sorry i i have to say what's what's the real difference between that and today with the exception of like certain items being untradeable like i know i know that's obvious that's the obvious difference but it's like is there really a big change in how the game would be played and the economy i don't personally think so there were a few things that we thought of because a bunch of uh my chat was like saying certain things that would actually be really messed up in a way well, um like pure pure accounts having access to yeah like stuff all, yeah there's have. there's obviously going to be a ton of like just crazy things that we haven't even thought of that would happen to it but again i'm not advocating this i'm just saying food for thought like what if every single thing was tradable like you just get whatever you want imagine like you could you could literally just buy the only th- oh this was the other thing you could buy pets Oh, you could they were tradable. Pets were tradable. Yep. Oh man, <laughs> pets were tradable. Every I single thing's know. tradable. It, it's it's the <laughs> it's so absurd to the point that it's like that that probably would. Oh man, the th- the, th- the thing with this is like in a lot of other games, buying items is like on a marketplace. Old school doesn't have that. And if you want your way into the game, if if you're like, hey, I, I can start collecting RuneScape items because everything's available, you can't actually do that unless you start buying bonds. And no one actually buys, well, some people buy bonds, but no one really buys bonds. So so you're creating this like ridiculously large illegal, illegal marketplace, more than, the, more than it already is, to fuel the addictions of people who now want to collect everything because they can. Yeah. That's That's probably the bigger issue, I think. More than like, it would just be for general game integrity. It w- it would completely compromise whatever's left of <laughs> of the uh, the like the black market. It would just make it sort of mainstream to just go and buy. Jagex would have to do some stuff where they're like, okay, now now we're like gonna allow this or yeah, no, it would be know. insane. Like no, either way, it uproar from one side or the other. Oh yeah, no no no. Like I'm just. It's- it would be way too like I'm not. I am again not advocating this whatsoever. Of just thinking about it every single thing was tradable i mean on the on, on the complete on the complete flip side what if everyone's an iron man <laughs> yeah no i quit i quit in 2007 when everyone basically became an iron man yeah i mean it happened right essentially and it wasn't fun you lack that sense of community if yep. you can't do stuff together in fact when i came back to old school in 2015 like the ge had our had just been released a few months prior and i didn't know any like different really because that was my first time playing old school like i played back in 2004 to 2007 but when i realized the ge was in the game i got really sad just like the first time logging into old school Mm -hmm. i was like that's that's just a shame that the ge's here and i don't know for something and i i understand because first of all i never played with out the ge in old school where everybody's kind of grown up you know they have mm-hmm. irl stuff to do and they don't want to just be stuck on zybez all day trying to 
get things <laughs> sold. But at the same time, that was the beauty of RuneScape where it's like, okay, you can be a middleman to these things. You can be inefficient. You don't need to gain XP. If you want to gain XP, you're probably not going to make as much GP because you're going to have to deal with middlemen to sell your stuff in bulk to so they can sell to other people that want. It's just, it was more of a like a live sort of like economy where now it's just everything's just ge it's just automated essentially yeah, yeah. it's it's kind you, of sad you, in a way. You, as you say you literally cut out the middleman yep just streamlines things but it, it also it also introduces the idea of, of skimming bots um i don't know i don't really know the effect of those bots having the economy again but it can't be it can't be great but now you put a ge tax in now we're talking that kills off some of those bots let's talk totally about ge tax GTX is a fun one. GTX falls into the category of just in you know general money sink, right? Yep. And there's there's two things to cover when you get into this this topic, and that's item sinks, GP sinks. So let's tackle let's tackle the GP sink one because this is the obvious like good thing for the game, right? Yep. Generally, it's a good thing for the game. You, you take out a crazy amount, okay, probably a problem, but you take it out in moderation, you keep it. You keep it such that the price isn't just it's super inflating. So you say you, well, at least here in some notes I'm looking at, a 0.1% GE tax. So it wouldn't scale. It's just everything is a 0.1. And then would it round down or up if it was like not even enough to... I've definitely said this. I'm not sure I've wrapped my head around what it actually does. I think the idea is that if you were to buy an item... You would have to put so if someone labels an item as like I'm selling this for one k, you have to buy it for one hundred for for one k and one GP, I guess, and that one GP is gone forever. Anything below one k though would just be the same price. Was that what you would probably just say? I imagine that's probably sensible. Otherwise, you end up like completely killing off those kind of items, and the volume will be super low. I think. I I don't know. I have to wrap my head around like how the economy economy works in that sense, but. I would say a one percent G tax. In fact, I would say a one percent. I would say a two percent tax. And this, the only reason I say that, is so that trading, normal trading, becomes a thing where, oh, yes. where you could actually become a trader and make money. You could just actually deal without. You could just sell things that would be the normal price, and you could actually that. I don't know. It's just kind of like adds that like um, other it's aspect really... where you could actually kind of trade again. But the GE is still there if you're just lazy. Now, 2% is extremely fucking high when you think of like big well, items. Let's keep it 1% and think about a Tebow. Call it call it one bill. You're, you're losing 10 mil to the GE every single time you trade a Tebow. Yep. For, t- for big ticket items that are over even like 100 mil, that's still a mil save. You're probably going to try and find someone to trade on World 302. So that does, in fact, bring back the trading scene big time. Do you uh, think that any, encourages sort of like a scamming or... Um, yeah, abs- absolutely it does, right? Do you think it outweighs? Do you think that, that the negative aspects would just completely yes. outweigh the... Yes, um... absolutely. Well, no, I, I think I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Okay. Plus, I think the trading, the idea of the trading scene on Valtteria 2 is really cool. Yeah. And it's one of those things we will remember is just like big massive groups gathering spamming chat. Yep. And, and as I think most people... I'm not most, but a lot of people. I learned to touch type by just spamming G stuff. That's that's how I learned. And I still got awful technique with how my finger placement is on the keyboard. But I can touch type fluently. 
that's cool. It's one of those things you just you, know, you pick up from just yeah. G stemming. Yeah. Um, now I miss I miss the days where yeah. you'd be at like Falador. Like there was like areas. There was like Falador Bunker. Yeah, there's like Falador Park, and then there was Falador okay. Bank, and then there was like there was like little areas where back. Okay, these are where the rares are sold. These are where this is sold. And I know I'm I'm reliving nostalgia when I say this, and I don't even play a main, so I don't fully understand. But I think adding a GE tax is extremely healthy for the game. Now yeah. the actual price you know like like the actual like percentage tax that can be discussed but like i would prefer higher rather than too low where it doesn't even make a difference i would want it to make a difference but, i want it to be relevant enough to yeah, be exactly. causing actual changes to the play yeah no i'm on board with that the, the 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 more interesting thing in this is perhaps why is dragx not done this or considered this or even brought it up in polls and stuff i don't i don't think they polled it at any point and it makes you wonder, like, why is why is something that is seemingly so good and that everyone thinks is good not being looked at seriously? Some people don't think it's good, and I've talked to people that just don't. They they it's their selfishness, which I mean, I'm not saying I'm selfless or anything, but like there there is people that really love the GE, and it's extremely convenient, and it's just is nice. that the main thing that comes up? I I so I I would have thought that it's like more of a from an economical standpoint, this is actually bad, and here's why. Rather than like, hey, I just want to use the GE, yeah, because no. it, it doesn't stop using the GE. That's the thing. It just means that you're spending point one percent more money on the GE, but you're losing margins anyway. Effectively, you know, it's like I don't, I don't think that's a great. Um, it, it, it no, it's it's not idea. even an argument. It's just people that just don't want it, and they'll just vote no to yeah. it if it was. But I think the majority definitely do want a GE tax. Mm -hmm. And I mean, me being an Iron Man, I'd vote yes to it. It does not affect me at all, but I still feel like it's healthy for the game. I'm actually curious if it's not some sort of legal thing. I know I know so, so many things that Dragix these days with regards to GP get blocked because of legal issues on their end. And how they can't necessarily like take out game GP just randomly. They have to have a good reason or they have to, you know, go through these loopholes and blah, 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 blah. That's so interesting. It, because, it, because it would be like destroying money, right, in a sense. Yeah. And you can't do that. Or I, I, I'm not sure that's the reason. I'm just, you know. Interesting. There, there's that sort of, you know, many times, especially in content creators, you ask about certain things and like, hey, is this an option? Is that is, blah, blah, is this an option? Is destroying items an option? And they're like, well, yes, but also legality. And we, we know they can't get into it, but it's it's a prevalent issue with regards to changing things like that. What do you think... I, mm. Um, sorry. What were you gonna say? Did you have oh, I was thinking. I was thinking about. I was gonna. I was about to move on to the duel arena. But... Yeah. No. I want. I want to move on to there right now. Yeah. Actually. Um. Because. Uh. Well, first, I want to ask. Um. The GE, like, we'll we'll, or sorry, not the GE, the duel arena tax. I first want to step in there, but then I just want to go like full out into the duel arena. What the mm -hmm. effects are on the game, but do you think the duel arena tax that was introduced how many years ago now, like? Two, maybe two-ish, I suppose. Yeah, two years two ago. Like. like, do you think that was good, and do you think that was enough? Or, you know what? Let's just let's just start <laughs> from the beginning. What? Just tell me about the duel arena. Just go. Just let me just go. I have a great history with the duel arena, <laughs> which is how anyone starts when they've won a lot of money at the duel arena, which I have. Yeah. Um, for anyone who for anyone who's seen my my account and my bank on my main, it's it's approaching twenty bill and it has been over twenty bill. Um, 
I didn't actually ever like the Duel Arena, funnily enough. But late into my very first year of playing, after I started streaming for about like three months or something, I think, I ended up getting hacked, which I don't want to go into in too much detail, but it was uh, a targeted thing where they had access to my email um, and sent me and sent me one of those requests. So, so they they had, they had like tried to log into my account to prevent me from getting in. I'd I'd seen it and se- and seen my account was locked. I tried to recover it, went through the email, gave the, gave away my password because I was naive and silly and didn't think too much and just thought, oh crap, my account's compromised. I better sort it out. So that was down to bad email security. But uh, in short, I had about like four bill at the time, which was which was good. Gives you a near max set of everything. But I, I ended up losing what I had on me, and I was doing max thermi scything with suffering prim scythe, slay helm, infernal cape that I just freshly got. All gone. They dropped everything. Just you know, didn't get the bank, which is great. But I was in. I was left in a position where I'm like, man, I I don't like the arena, but. I'm happy to do a rebuild if it's if it comes to that, and if I, I you know I want my chance to get stuff back. So that's that was my reason for starting to go to the arena. And once I had everything back, it kind of just progressed from there, uh, with no help from Phone Man once again, who tended to go in alongside me. But there was a a streak of maybe two and a half weeks where I would spend most of the day with a lump sum from Phone Man and myself. And I think I, I turned, I want to say I turned a total of about three bill, about two bill mine, one bill phone mans, into a total of about 35 in those two weeks. Jesus. So lucky. <laughs> very, very, very lucky. Um, but in short, I ended up with something like a total of like 20, 22, 23 bill to play with, which is an absurd amount of money. Um, in the game because that and, and I had I had a mule account which had two max sets on my main which had a max set and my alt which had a max set along with like three times max cash letter it, it's an absurd amount of money to think about most people in that scenario they probably just real world it but given that I'm a moral gamer and I didn't really think that I had any reason to want to compromise my account by real worlding or had any reason to want the real world money to this day I still have pretty much all of it minus like some stuff that i've either given away or used up in training other accounts and stuff um but anyway one of the interesting things with it is that i have some stupid collections most notably the one million purple sweets which is i think around six bill right now in terms of value on the g that's a cool collection probably quite unique i don't think anyone else has that and also a useful one which is quite rare i think most collections you can't keep around with you and that sort of flex and they're increasing too the price right 7k right now i think jesus they used to be like 2k like 2.3k like a couple i started buying them i started buying them at 2.7k and i took them to 6.5k at the peak (laughs) and i distinctly remember at one point in stream i had like 940k and i was like guys come to the g help me buy them out and i was paying people because i still had crazy amounts of money and I distinctly remember Gherkin's, Gherkin, even Gherkins came along at some point because he was like, this is free money. And he comes along and he sells me 10k for 60 mil. I'm like, is this what, I've, is this what it's come to? <laughs> 10,000 for 60 mil. Wow. But, um, it's a crazy amount. And then, of course, they fell back down to like three and a half in the week after I stopped buying. 
And if you go on GE tracking, you can still see this lovely curve from 2.5 up to up to like five and a half, I think it is, <laughs> and it just drops back down. But now it's back up to like seven, so I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but I do know I'll probably never sell this. I'll, I'll never sell them. So it's not really money that I've. It's not money that I'll ever make back. Yeah, it's just, just like, a collection. It's just, it's just in a collection. And the worst part is, because I have to keep them over a million, I've only actually got 10k usable suites. I have to restock them. <laughs> yeah, you have it, to keep that number and look nice. It is, a, it is a six bill just thrown into a hole in the ground and covered up, and it's got a nice pretty flower on top, and that's the, the flower is what people see, but they don't see the investment to it. You know how, like, purple suites, they have, like, the the sprite changes when you go up from, like, 1 to 10 yeah. to 100? It would be really cool if it actually increased from, like, 1,000 to 10,000 oh, to a million, man. and then to 10 million. Like, but yeah, nobody that, knows. Nobody knows what it looks like. Nobody you know? knows at 10 mil. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be really cool, actually. That yeah. would. I, I'm not sure anything else changes, like, arrow stacks and stuff that people have but nah, it's always just five arrows i am kind of it'd be fun yeah that's an interesting idea maybe that maybe they consider that if we have a put in a word about it yeah that would Sprite, be sprites sprites are notoriously hard to generate though and the thing is Remember is all the trouble with those divines oh yeah no <laughs> um but like I don't know if you've ever dropped purple. I mean, I'm assuming you've dropped purple sweets, but like I've dropped purple sweets. Yeah. I would love to see that because when you drop over a hundred, it looks massive. And then oh, God, I would you drop a hundred k or something. It's I would, like yeah, I would love to see candy. dropping a hundred k or a million. It's just a block. It just it's like one of those armor sets, you know, like that. That big. would be that would be really cool to see. I would love that. That's a that's an RS three feature for sure, but I love it. <laughs> Just drops like one million sweets, and just a mountain appears of candy falling down, crashes the server, and the sweets are gone. Do you think <clears throat> the dual arena should be in the game? No, and I know I I didn't think about it much until recently, but Kemp Q released a series of videos and uh, talked about it a lot, and is still pretty fairly hard campaigning it to be removed, and. Especially once I watched his vids and, so, and, so, and sort of thought about it a bit, I'm like, yeah, I, I really want it removed. It's, it's essentially just a, it's a hub for criminal activity. Ultimately, is what it comes down to. And it's not to say that there aren't people who use it legitimately. And I'd like to consider myself to be sort of a legitimate user, in the sense that I was trying to get back what I had lost, and then <laughs> eventually I'd started using it a bit too much. But it's like there are people who could benefit to some degree, and who also wouldn't be affected in a bad way. If I had been cleaned at that point, I'd be like, okay, whatever, I just restart, play, play an Iron Man, maybe have more fun on that. And the reality is, as long as you're not in that sort of place where you're going to get addicted, it's okay. But it's so few people who are in that position. And it's it's the majority of the time, it's guys who are going to get in, lose their GP, make one mil, lose it again. And even if they have the ability to make, you know, 50 mil at some point, 100 mil, 2 bill, 3 bill, they're still going to go back there. Yep. And I've seen it, and, you know, we've all seen it. Hundred times different people. Um, in addition, is just nonstop scamming. Back when I was staking consistently, I like you know probably, I, I would say ninety percent of trades are scams. Ninety percent or more. It's like, I don't know. I, it, it's just odd that it still exists. And again, it's one of those legal things. I think. I think it makes Jagex it, a lot of money. I think. I think the higher ups understand that like any sort of any yeah. form of gambling in a video game is going to make them a shit ton of money. And so it's very hard to, I was so surprised they added a, um, a arena tax. 
just, like, seriously, I was so surprised it was actually a tax that was put in place. I'm like, wow. I just thought this place would never be touched. I thought it was just this thing where JMODs can't do anything about it because the higher-ups. I I don't know. Maybe that's kind of like more conspiracy theory-ish of me to think that the higher-ups are like these dudes that just will do anything for money and just keep the door. Like, I don't know. But to me, I would be so, 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 so surprised if the dual arena was fully deleted. But I've been surprised before. Um, I just think the dual arena put gives so much money. It's it's almost like a form su- of microtransaction for yeah. Jagex. I suppose what really gives me hope about it is the idea that there is a tax. And yeah. the fact that there is one means what if we raise it? That's true. Which is an interesting point here. So if you could raise it, what would you raise it to? Uh, personally, I mean, pff, shit. Because I've got a number in mind, 50%. <laughs> yeah. So it's just literally pointless. So, so if if you go there trying to like Martin Martin Gaylor, is it like one? You know, you you put in a hundred, you lose hundred, you put in two hundred, you put in four hundred, like that kind yeah. of thing. You can't do that. There's no there's no way on earth that you can do that. So if you if you go there, you understand the risk is like this money is going to go out the game. I have to go all in, and I have to yolo it. And you can't afford to do these little little stakes and just try and trundle along. You just won't make it. And this 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 really will force people's mindset towards it, because then the, like the long term stakers really can't do their thing where they just keep going back there because they can't win those in a row. They just can't win in a row repeatedly. And even if they do, it's not a massive game. Do you think just deleting it at that point would just be the better move, or is the yeah. is the fifty percent basically a meme for for you, or are you? Is that no, like a... no, it's 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 a, it's a genuine number, and the idea is that if if for whatever reason it really can't be deleted, but the text exists and, and can be changed, put it to something that j- just stops the activity in there. Beyond I... the people who like want to just chuck their bank and are accepting the accepting yeah. the fact that that money's going, it would definitely um, it, it would it would definitely arena. kill the arena. But I almost have a feeling that there will be people there just sitting there waiting for their scam to work. Just. Just waiting for their one scam to work where it's a guaranteed well, I win this. Yeah, but hey, they, they win less. And at the same time, I think the awareness... I, I think that people really will not go there. <laughs> it, no, they definitely like, won't. That's No, but you're 100% right. It, it's like if you wanted to... To put this in perspective, you're better off taking that money out of the game via RWT, putting it into a gambling site, spinning 45% odds, and putting it back into old school. That's that's the kind of links you'd have to go to, or th- those are the links you would go to to maintain better GP ratio than the arena would give you. Do you think um, right. deleting the dual arena or adding an absurd tax would just encourage people to find their own ways of gambling? Third, like kind of like their own like little third party ways of doing it, maybe in game still. Like you know how there there are ways there are ways to get some sort of uh, gambling thing where like for example like. No, you... because no, no, and for one reason only, and that is because the arena holds your money. It acts as the middleman. Yeah, and but that's what no, I'm saying. There's would, no way to. It would. It would people, become. People it would... would end up falling for the like the whole middleman thing and then lose their GP. Yeah, no, I mean, but it would. It would just well, basically become this trusted clan per se, saying like, "You trade us, and then we'll do something like, for example, we'll do a DDS spec against something, and if it rolls higher than this, then." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that kind of thing would pop up. I'm also inclined to believe that if Jagex were, were 
you know, they, they, I don't think they're blind enough to like not have a look at the knock-on effects. They would, they would have to shut down CCs like that effectively. Yeah. And they, they are against the rules, like already, like it's straight party forms rules. of chance. So but... it, it, it would become the norm. I hope to report that kind of thing quickly and sort it out. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Give, give me the fifty percent any day. I'd, I'd be happy, and I'll delete it. But how many players? By the way, how many players do you think in the game just play the game to gamble? Like percentage wise, out of that's, just take just one. just take away bots, like take away the bots. Like how many real players that play do you think are just playing to gamble? Because I know it's really. I don't think, I don't think it's that many. I'd say less than five percent. And that's still a pretty large number to it's, just it's say still, exclusively. I'd say, I'd say I'd say like I don't know, call, call it even like one percent. That is a large, large number. It probably it probably is less than that. Now I think about it. Who knows. Yeah. The, the, I, guess, I guess it's hard to think about because a lot of the guys who want to do it can't necessarily do it. They have to make their GP because they have no GP because they just gambled it away. So the just, reality is yeah, it's I, harder to track that number. I think sometimes because I've heard like Reddit posts where it's like there's like just gambling addicts that are just like, please lock my account from ever going to the dual arena. Like that. Do you think like because like, I know people that are addicts want to not gamble, but it's so addicting that it's just they keep going back. And like, but then there's people that just, you know, even though there's the lows, there's still the highs that they look forward to to going back and stuff, which I guess would be any addict. They look forward to the high, which is the reason they go back. But like, I don't know. Do you think just getting rid of the only real game, like the only like Jagex form of gambling, do you think getting rid of that would, um, get rid of those kind of urges because i know for example like a lot of people that were gambling at addicts that start in iron man never go back to the dual arena ever again it's just because it's just it's not convenient it's not like right there yeah in front of them. i i think that the, it's called it's sort of one of those like is it worse to gamble in old school than in somewhere else but in short no because you can buy old school gp quite easily and, and ultimately, I think what what all this gambling stuff comes down to is how is it affecting your you financially IRL? And if it's not affect, if it's, if it's not affecting you financially, yeah, there's like there's, there's like if if you're consistently just not spending money from IRL and you have like a stable whatever, and you're just losing your little GP in game, I'm actually not that concerned for the person in that sense because they're clearly sensible enough to make that that distinguishable difference yeah, between this sure. is my. This is my GP here, and I'm never touching IRL stuff. That that that's something else. Like, yeah, they might be unhappy about it, but start an Iron Man, man. That's, that's you know that solves the problem. Mm -hmm. And then for the people who are like actually involved in the IRL money in the arena, that's a genuine problem. But hey, even if you remove that arena, they're gonna do it somewhere else. It doesn't mean you should not remove the arena. It just it just you know says that they're gonna do it regardless. It's kind of. At that at that stage, they need some help. Yeah, it's not really hmm. interesting. I don't think there's much you can do for it either way. But again, it's it's not like it's not like gambling in old school is necessarily better than gambling elsewhere. That's definitely not a reason to keep the arena. Yeah, no, and it's it's definitely just it's in a video game. Like there's so many video games nowadays where there's some form of gambling, and it's like. <clears throat> Most of the time, that won't really affect you unless you just have an extremely addictive personality and you start blurring the line between like reality and. Um, do you have anything else to talk about the dual arena? I know it's just it's sort of just like whenever it's 
I don't know. It's kind of like that toxicity. You do like Duel Arena is just it is just renowned well, for toxicity. I'd love, to, I'd love them to bring back the wishing well. This is kind of like the same school of thought. What was the reason they didn't? Was that some sort of legal thing as Le- well? Or? Legal, legal, legal thing. Confirmed legal thing. I asked about it quite recently, and they were like, "No, just, you can't delete stuff like that. <laughs> you can't. You can't just take stuff out of the game, whether it be items or GP. You just can't do that." I don't know why it's a thing in RS3 in comparison to old school, but it's yeah, they huh. can't do it. Um, there was discussion about like different ways to take out GP. Um, Framed came up with some good ones, I think, about sort of like what if you added an AGS to an AGS and made an enhanced AGS and that consumed it, and you would gain minor attack buffs. That kind of thing. Where you know this kind of applies to almost any high tier item, but especially I, for I stuff like AGS, which feel, is crashed in pros. I feel like they couldn't add any bonuses. I feel like it would have to be exclusively cosmetic because as soon as you've made it better, then it's like the AGS is just useless in the first place, and then it's like I don't know. Like I kind of understand your point, but like or at his yeah. point, I guess. But it's like I almost feel like it would just have to be a cosmetic or just something that's. It it raises the question what. GP syncs is is nice to like keep everything nice price stable all that good stuff. But in terms of taking items out of the game, you have to take out such a massive proportion of them for everything to happen. And the other thing is like, does it really matter if the item is just going down to like almost nothing? I mean, what like an arcane press goal is like nine hundred k right now. That's the thing. I I don't find an issue. I know people get really attached to prices yeah. of items. They think like nightmare, like inquisitors, because it was. 300 mil or 400 mil at some point it needs to always be that way it's like no that's i mean like there's prices don't need to be the same like it, they really don't it's just kind of our perception of it it's like they can i drop. think that's true yeah like arcane is one of the it, it's the you know it's one of the best pros in the game but it's super accessible and common and yep i don't know there's nothing wrong with it being 900k, other than the fa- other than the fact that we've seen it at three mil for such a long time. Yeah, hey, no, that's literally price, it. Price, price, prices change. I'm surprised Bandos nice to, is still. It'd be like... nice to see Bandos has gone up this year. I that, actually brought it up. That's insane to me. I brought it up as an example of something that was going down to try and prove a point. Like, hey, people have been farming Bandos so much; it's obviously going down. Let's have a look at the graph. I, I bring it up, and it's just like slowly climbing. I'm like, oh, okay, no, <laughs> You're no like, God you damn it! That. You ignore that example, please. No, it's but, it's actually kind of strange because that's been out for so long, so heavily camped, yeah. and yet prices remain I, steady. I went I went to that example specifically because it's something that was obviously being continuously farmed, and yet you would expect that to be have a consistent decline if the economy was also like inflating, right? Is that the right way? Something like that. economy economy inflating. Band- I, someone correct me if I'm wrong in comments, but the, the <laughs> oh, they'll like, be sure to trust me. For such, for such a stable long-term item, you'd expect it to be on the down, much like the RS3 stuff. But that's not the case. It's it's the opposite. And if, if you go to that as like one of the prime examples of, like, is there inflation? And the answer is no, then there obviously isn't a problem with it. And that, and, and by extension, that means that other items that are going down aren't a byproduct of this, that um, inflation. It's just how the item belongs. It's just where it is. So, yeah. Now, I, a big part of it is that I'm an Iron Man. I don't actually care what item prices are and i've turned <laughs> yeah. off bank prices unless i do like a bank video so i just have no like seriously i don't know how much items cost like i really don't and and it's really cool because i've played iron man for so long now like four years basically where 
items now have their own internal value in my mind where like for example i always bring this up as like a crossbow when the revenant weapons first came out um i was just uh, like i was like i need this like i need a crossbow crossbow was the one item i needed and i camped it for like three months and i finally got it after three months and initially it was like 450 mil and i saw it as a 450 mil item i was like that is like it's just so good you know and but by the time i got it it was only 80 mil and then now it's like nine mil or something it's nine yeah it's super lunar and that was in part due to the route change maybe but either way like it dropped crazy but in my mind i'm still like this is still a half a bill weapon in my mind which is kind of interesting that it works that way but i I I still look at it that way it's one of those items that is is very similar to arcane prayer scroll i think it's it's like conceptually it's it's worth more but in terms of like the main game because people don't actually use the wilderness or if they have if they have goals in there they complete it so quickly it's like what do you use a crossbow for most people it's like i want to kill chaos ellie gets pet in three kills i'll sell this now (laughs) yep I, i think that's generally how it goes so there's not much use for it even if it is a really good item yeah no so, it's and and they just were shot out so much like you just saw rev activity every single world tons of people yeah. in every single world and like the fact that those weren't even the key items people were looking for people were looking for the 16 mil relics basically for so long now it's like mm-hmm. they they literally and i've already talked about this on previous casts but like they had revenants come out at first, they started shitting out hundred noted dragon plate legs, you know, yeah. and uh, which which were basically a hundred and what basically was a sixteen mil drop. Very very silly, but like then they just changed it to be statuettes where they're guaranteed loss on death, and you have to trade them in to get the money, and that was still a horrible thing. Just here, here's GP, and then they said we will revert this, like we'll change it as soon as we find out or as soon as we are given some uniques like some ideas for uniques and then they come out with the weapons and they don't get rid of the damn thing they said they'd get rid of when we came out with uniques and so now we have weapons and these and it's just like you understand these weapons are going to be dirt cheap because you've just like there was there was no trade-off it's a bit confusing yeah and they were like why are revs so like what revs need to be nerfed it's like oh my god like you guys like i felt like nobody understood that the one fix to revs was get rid of the damn uh ancient relics like just get rid of them just delete them the the rev weapons will go up in price they want there won't be as much gp coming into the game like seriously getting rid of those like uh statuette artifacts were a huge deal I hadn't thought about it on that level, but yeah, like relics ruin revs entirely. Yeah, they're just insane amount of money coming out. I, I remember one day when I was camping revs, after everyone knew that Scold was like three times as good GP per hour, basically, I had one day where I got three relics and two um, effigies in a day, which it, it was literally like I made, I made like 80 mil GP on my Ironman. Raw GP, like 80 mil raw GP cool. within like Completely six hours. Absurd. That is completely absurd, yeah. And that's, like, not even on top of, like, the other supplies I got. It's just like, oh, my God, this place is just ruined. <laughs> it's just so busted. I definitely feel like Revs and old BH had a big impact on Ironman specifically for boosting and just boosting GP. Even Tom these days for, like, getting early stems and stuff. Not on the same level, but... Yeah, no, for sure. They, they come out with little things scary. and, like... Yeah, 
I know, I know it's not like don't cater to Iron Man, but at the same time, don't like completely compromise the game mode. Maybe would yeah. be good. I I am very. I eventually I want to get a PKer on here to like have him voices true. I want to see from an, a PKer's perspective, you know, what well, revives really wilderness besides just adding PVM bait. But like BH. I, I, I like BH can't be a thing. It just can't because it's going to be boosted. Like you can't have arbitrary if solve, rewards. If if you solve boosting, it works though. It works, but yeah. It, but you need an active revolves, team. That's you need an active team. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. that's not never going to happen because Jagex. Like they just. I mean, it could happen, but like they won't. Yeah, that, that's the dream. Is like active team stop boosting, employ new measures to deal with it. Problem solved. Ultimately, it's just. Getting to that stage is rough, and it doesn't look like they're ever going to make it happen. Yep, it's like those but, games. But they are looking at redoing BH though, it's, of course, yet again. So it's sort of like those uh, first-person shooter games that are free to play, and they're just loaded with hackers. Like, it's just like yeah. not even fun. It could, there's no active team even banning the hackers. Like, all right, this game's gone to shit. Like, you literally should have just made this game cost fifty bucks just so that. If you get banned for hacking, you have to like repay the fifty bucks, which nobody's gonna do. It's like these free to play games. It's like, oh my god, they're just full of hackers. I remember playing this phone game, and it just got to the point where it was just pointless to play it because it was just hackers. Like every every single person was a hacker. Whoever had the best hacks won. It's just like such a headache. Yeah, it removes the fun entirely. I've got a really interesting take on revitalizing the wildy as it stands. What's that? And the the concept arrives from the original idea of the wilderness, high risk, high reward. If you think about the wildy as it stands, let's just take rev caves. What are you truly risking if you go and kill them? As it stands, literally nothing, minus your like black dragon hide top and bottom. Maybe a couple of range pots and a stamp pot. We're talking less than 100k, right? To effectively kill revs. Yep. That's ultimately the issue. And, and the bigger issue is how do you force people to risk? Um, because as soon as you risk something, always, now you have a reason to, to go there, to, G, to earn GP by killing said people. That's that's ultimately where this concept arises from, but firstly, Protect Titan Pro is a terrible thing that never should have been coming into the game, I think. Because that takes away from the idea, of, like, pl plus one stuff removes the idea of risk in the first place. If you're plus one your risk, what's the point? It's not actually risk. But, um... Here's like the concept that I came up with it was Revs V2 or Revs V5 at this point, wherever it is. <laughs> Revs V5. You have a cave that, in order to enter, you must be wearing a bracelet. You must be wearing these bracelets. And you can buy the bracelets for, uh, I don't know, 50k a pop from the guy outside. Safe area. As soon as you, as soon as you enter, you are sculled, <laughs> which is just an, an immediate, like, funny, funny, just to annoy people. But also because now you risk. Um,. Inside of the Revenants, which drop pretty much the same stuff that Revenants drop now, I guess you could say. Maybe like different weapons or upgrades to the weapons or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but the rarity of these things scales really interestingly based on how much you charge your bracelet. And you would charge your bracelet with raw GP. Um, the more GP you put in, the higher chance you have of getting an item whenever you kill something. But it starts, it starts that, so if you charge your bracelet with like one GP... Your bracelet is literally going to give you like a drop every three years or something. You have to risk in order to get anything out of it. And if you put your bracelet like 50 mil, and you can actually put 50 mil in, you're guaranteed items really quickly. 
and then like next to your name or something there's like a, you know there's like a coin stack that rises as shows you like you know a bounty hunter like shows you how much risk you have i understand okay so, so you're sort of being targeted what do you think um i just first single, the single first thing i think is mm-hmm. controlling worlds clans pvp clans making fuck tons of money putting in max cash in their bracelets and controlling a world and just if it's singles though that's true singles how, how but i i understand you know if there's 20 people protecting one yeah. dude no that's that's true but that's a good point if it's uh singles but at the same time you can have clans that um like i'm pretty sure you can still pj in uh or it's not really like PJing, but okay. I need to I need to study out what singles plus really means because I'm still not a hundred percent positive. If a PKer attacks you, but you don't attack the PKer, can another PKer attack the PKer if it's attacking you? If if they're not technically under attack, and I think this they can. The I have no clue, and I'm pretty sure they can. I know that um, singles plus is a very good way. I think it's just I think it's the best thing they've done to the wilderness. Like, I think like singles plus is great because you can't be fucked over by a team that's just going to constantly spear you and spec over and over and over and over and over when it's technically so, singles. So let's like put a hypothetical situation. You have one dude who's obviously risking, who's risking 50 mil. Okay. And you've identified him via a scout or level three or whatever, which is fine in my opinion. Um, your scout's going to be risking that bracelet regardless. So if you really want to put a scout there, you're still going to get killed by level tens that come along. Haha. But one dude's farming revs with 50 mil risk like guarantee of risk if you kill him you get that money um there's a team of 10 protecting him firstly is it really worth it that that like that many people protecting maybe but if you have a team of 10 who are in reg gear that hop into that world all at one go and just left click each of them one by one they're all taken up doesn't matter what gear you're wearing again they're risking 50k plus black dehyde like rune crossbow ragging and then your main pk hops in takes on the guy who's actually killing the ref. I, f- I feel like organizing the counterparty to the protection party is way easier. Yeah. <clears throat> that I mean, you bring up a good, like, concept, but, um... Like, I just... I have to disagree. I think it's, uh... Like, I, it's just... It will be abused, like, especially... Well, first of all, singles plus as it is, like if you were to just do that right now to the rev caves as they are, not make like other extreme changes where it's like really fucking deep in the wilderness, maybe like level 60 wilderness where it's like legitimately you have to fight back for your life because you just, right. you need like, you know, um, it, as it stands, it's like, it is, I've never died in the rev cave since the update and I've camped there for probably, you know, six hours, probably PK or encounter probably like. 40 50 times and mm-hmm. good pkers you just it's so hard to die like it's pray, so pray hard mainly, to die. primarily thank you yeah and not even that you can you just could. you can literally bring a zgs zgs the pker walk under him log out <laughs> no I'm, I'm not even kidding like you can just do that like you people don't understand how easy now it is to just evade pkers you can just you can bring your own freezes bring a little mystic set bring a freeze Bring yeah, one of those little oh, freeze sacks, freeze them, free, log out. Those freeze sacks are incredible. Yeah, just just log out afterwards. So they're they're really good. So like, okay, personally, I'm glad you brought up your point because I like hearing other people's ideas. Like I really do mm-hmm. because I, I want I want I I think PvP is great for the game. Like I really do. I think it's essential. But I don't think PvP. And again, 
I, I love to hear other people's perspective because my perspective is not right. It's it's just like it's not a fact. It's just my own opinion. So I personally think any incentive to go out in the wilderness where people don't want to go out in the wilderness is just bad. Like again, my opinion. And so mm. I think PVP, the PVP tournament Oda Block had amazing. It was just good because these people are wanting to fight each other. Like this is PVP. And I really like what you said earlier where it's like make PVP more skill-based where it is just guaranteed hits and where if you do better, you'd won, you know? Yeah. But you're like sort of family, you're sort of family in the gang that is like, don't force me to fight yeah. other players. And like we think I back and like we'll mm-hmm. think back like we're like, okay, when we were a kid, like the wilderness is iconic, you know, where it's like this is an iconic place, but you think back in 2004, 2007 era where there was no wildy bosses. There was no chaos altar. There was no black chin hunting. There was nothing of that. And the wilderness was still super active. It's because like the people that went out there were wanting to be out there. It wasn't like this horrible thing where it's like now PVP updates can't pass because people don't want them fucking killing them because they don't want to be out there in the first place. It's like if there was no incentive for people that don't want to be out there like literally every pvp update would pass if it was just here you go like people that want to pvp here you go like i don't want to pvp so i don't i have no need to be out there but the fact that the game is like progressed to the point where it's like best in slot methods for pvm and skilling now become in the wilderness it just becomes this horrible thing where it divides the player base and like it it's also a means for like real world trading and stuff and gold farming where yeah. things become you know high risk high reward and it's just it's this mess where, and again, uh, my own opinions and what I've thought over the, this has just been like developing over like a few years because I have spent a lot. I have all wilderness pets, completed it's revs. Three months going for a cross, probably can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. And then again, all pets, yeah. But um, I know I always go on like a rant on this, but like it's just like I love PvP and I love that, but I hate prey versus or predator versus prey. Where it's somebody that just does not even want to fucking be out there, but feels obligated to because there's something essential to another part of the game where they need to go out there for it. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. Yeah. I think that's. Fair. I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure I fully agree, but I I kind of I get it. Yeah. No. I, I think I, I, I think I'd happily be hunted if there was something I really wanted for it, and as long as there was a genuine risk on both sides. Yeah. And I uh, definitely yeah. understand. Like initially, when revs came out, risk versus reward. It's like, you know what? It it is pretty AIDS going out there, but you know that's well, it, that's where it, you're going to get great. the best reward. So I kind of it understand. Was it was really good on release because you had you were in this position where you actually have to bring more switches to get, to deal DPS to revs because there were so many people out there. Oh like, yeah, you no, you I couldn't remember. kill them in time. Otherwise, an Iron Man couldn't even go yeah. out there. Like the before protection yeah. clans and stuff, it was just no Iron Man was. When I first went out there, there was no Iron Man out there. There was like four that I ever yeah. saw. And then they you know, started becoming I, the protection <laughs> clan. There, there were there were people. There were like ten people with blowpipes in every world killing the dragon. And I would come up with an elder ball and just hit a fifty. Like that's my kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, yep. it, it was fun in that. It was fun in that sense because you could. But it, it was also reliant on the amount of players that were there, and it just yeah. isn't like that anymore for various reasons. I'm really excited for them that, to come out with like the, uh, that PKing mini game ish, or what was that like the faction wars. I don't know if it's Soul? Like Soul? Oh, you, you mean Steven Creation or no? They're they've proposed like a, a faction one? wars. It was like this. It's not actually oh. coming out yet, but they've proposed like something similar to that, where it's like it is PvP focused, but it's like its own separate 
mini game and stuff. Tell, but tell you tell you one thing, Castle Wars is the future. I, I loved it. Dude, that's definitely one of the. You used to do world. Castle Wars. I don't know for how long, but I remember those were like the coolest streams ever because I'm so intrigued by Castle Wars. I'll never do it because I have no reason to, but I'm so intrigued and I would love a super high level, like just Castle Wars thing My, stream. I I have one thing to say about Castle Wars and when they bring it back because I think they will do. It's been it's been pushed so hard now. Um. They must not, under any circumstances, make it a profitable activity. Yep. That is the only thing that I care about with regards to Castle Wars. If you're putting a minigame, and it is a minigame like that in, um, it needs to be just for fun. I agree. And that has to be stressed. I don't care if they give you max gear while you go in. Like, I don't care if they boost your stats to 99 and give you all the gear you could ever want. Please don't make it such that you have, like, genuine rewards that you have to to buy out and then sell like lms do you think if, if, they, if they want to do that make lms the, like the money mini game but you know keep castle wars the fun yeah. mini game or you know I, I just want to make that distinction for it i think that's super important. oh 100 i think that or else it's just going to be this weird boosted thing where you just pay for wins and just or like yeah, yeah you know what i, I mean. don't i don't it, it brings the it brings the idea of like boosting from bounty hunter yeah. into castle wars and that's the very thing you want to avoid with you know what about clout-based things? Like, would you like if there was high scores? Like, um, I'm, a high scores of, now, I'm a big fan of ELO for things. Okay. But as, uh, but as has been pointed out, the player base for PvP currently isn't big enough to support ELO with regards to matchmaking specifically. So, um, unless you set the threshold to be really big, or in, I think, this case for old school, infinite, such that your elo does not affect your matchmaking but is a representation of your rating only that's fine and that works and something like castle wars elo that in no way affects matchmaking go for it yep totally fine um and as an extension from that having a custom well maybe not a here's the thing you can't even do custom lobbies with that kind of thing because then you can abuse the elo but then you have to ask the question: If your elo doesn't like change your matchmaking, does it really matter? It's one. True, it's one of yeah. those. It's one of those things where it it has to affect your rating for it to matter. And if it doesn't affect your, sorry, it has to affect your matchmaking for it to matter. And if it doesn't affect your matchmaking, does it matter? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah, sort yeah. Of, it, if you're going to put it in, you have to have you have to matchmake with it, or it defeats the purpose of having it, because yeah. then it is really just for clout. Yeah. And you can generate clout in all sorts of ways by boosting again it's like uh it's 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 a rough one what if they came and, out and I don't, but but sorry more importantly on that is like even if you're doing that you're that that in that in a sense is another form of, of bounty hunter boosting it's like the same thing you're still boosting something even if it's not for gp yeah it's now now it's for your rating and it's like that's true if you give if you give people something to care about but you have to give then, something to care about or else. Shouldn't the focus perhaps be more on like the idea that it is just genuinely fun? Yeah, but things are genuinely <laughs> fun when there's like competitiveness and there's actually something to be like... like there needs to be some sort of competitive... I don't know. I feel like, like we're really hitting on a problem here with old school as a whole. In terms of, in terms of like moving towards better PvP stuff and also perhaps the idea of so, like, I, I really hate it when people talk about old school as, like, an eSport. I hate it. 
and this is me coming from like an esports background specifically. Um, I did some research on this not too long ago. Guess where old school RuneScape ranks with regards to the amount of prize money generated? I have no idea. Of... Probably pretty low. It is rank 100th exactly. Jeez. Guess what's 99th? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Minecraft is 99th. Geesh. And guess what? 80. Guess what? 98 to number one is in terms of like the differences between those two games. No RNG. If yeah. Minecraft, one of the most successful games ever, uh, not that it has like a big PvP scene, but even like Minecraft that has had had to build up their PvP PvP scene separately, a bit a bit like old school has, um, has like limited success in running tournaments and things like that. I don't see, however, like old school could ever really push its way in. Unless they unless they force it to be non RNG again. So it's just it's just rough, like Yeah. Now what if they came out with like some um skill or like some some PvP like tournament minigame thing where it, it does it does what you say and it you do exactly the damage you're supposed to do every time. Missed prayers yeah. will always do that. Like do you think that would be because like, yeah, I understand your point, like removing RNG, especially now that they're trying to pull. Um, I'm tr- I'm thinking of like uh, the quest speed runs that they're pulling, and they're they're going to come out. Um, yeah, I think that's this, a brilliant idea in the first place. Like this is this is totally like my biggest. This is my my biggest wish is that there is just a tournament world or a game mode that you can select that allows you to do this. Because I know I know like they have never actually left up a tournament world permanently. And much in the same reason as like while Trailblaze, as like leagues only yeah. last for a set period of time. If you make that something that's accessible and has everything on it, why would you ever play the main game? But I have to, I have to point out that like, is that a bad thing if they're still generating income for the game? I mean, yeah, you don't want people to like move away from the main game entirely. Otherwise, what's the point? But it gives credibility to an esports scene. If you have that average damage, and it also gives credibility to a speedrun scene, which is another big thing. So I it's always like, it's like where's the trade-off there? And it's a hard decision. I always have this kind of feeling about PvP where it's like <clears throat> there's a difference between you know a first-person shooter and RuneScape, where RuneScape is tick-based and there are perfect ways to execute stuff. Like obviously, there's mm-hmm. there's still like um, you know the guessing factor of what you, what fakey is your is the person gonna do and it's almost it if if there was two perfect pvpers going against each other it would literally come down to mind games basically of like right faking one, the other one, person out one ticking quick switches yeah and just games. doing but, crazy but, but, but like still player skill same yeah, yeah it would and it would have to do a lot with knowing that player you'd almost have to like have previously watched that player and see the fakes he does and the mind games he'll do and like yeah so but I think, what is okay? So this is kind of an issue, and I've heard of other people. I don't, I don't know how big of an issue it is, but what is the issue with people that use bots and PvP bots and like these auto switch, perfect, you know, eight switch to barrage bots? Like, can anything be done about that? Like, I know if there was actual tournaments, there's just can be anti cheat, and you know, you can just ban them. But like, 
if oh, it was just in the game, can that ever really be taken out? Like with so much, like, I don't know. I just think of that because I, I know PVP can be fun, but I've seen clips. You know, I'll go on Twitter and I'll see some PK yeah. or streamer that's like, this guy's clearly botting. Like, it, it, like she's just H, just instant HK. Yeah, barrage. It's like, are you are you meant to be able to? You, you win the fight if you want yeah. to win the fight. And, and I, I've played LMS the, where there's the people. The spec- yeah, there's just people doing eight-way switches, and it's just like, uh, dude, I can't do anything about this, and there's nothing that can be done because it's just... It's a byproduct of an outdated engine and a detection system, ultimately. I don't think this will ever affect big tournaments. And it, yeah, big tournaments events. will be fine. They'll they'll have their anti And, I, and I, think, I, think it, I think it's a genuinely small amount of players that like survive more than a day or two using those things. They gen- I think they just get banned. I hope. Generally. I hope that's the case. I'm hopeful that that, I, that is. I, 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 think just... things, I feel like those things are too obvious to to pass up generally. I just uh, get that, and the, that, that and the community is quite good at sending in tip offs or reports or that thing. Yeah. So they, they, you know they exist for the day that someone wants to mess around and then they lose the account, buy a new one, whatever it is. I don't think that's too much of an issue though. I think that's generally. That's good. I generally I just don't know. I've just heard so. I guess it's like you always see the negative things happened you see more than like the actual like yeah it's just like the news you always see the negative stuff going on in life you don't actually see any of like the positive things because that's not newsworthy so it's like yeah i was just curious on that because i know uh like you can you can't really do that in other i mean you can do that in other games you can obviously just hack and stuff but it's like i feel like runescape especially if there's no tournament it's just somebody can just fucking cheat in the wilderness somebody can go out in the wilderness and do eight eight way switches and stuff instantly it's it's it's, the only factor is the risk for them for their account right and the amount of gp on the account that's the only factor and if they're not detected or reported or noticed gets away and there's nothing you can do about it well beyond set beyond sending the report if they kill you but hey so In um, in my in my experience though tip offs do work I have I, I've tipped off my fair share of specifically scout bottles at chambers, and they've been running for like months and get banned within a couple of days. So that's good. That's good to know. I always just report yeah. people that are spamming at whenever I the occasional time I go to the G to decamp my potions, I see like eight people spamming. Yeah, trade me or I'm buying a D clause for a hundred mil. Like wow, oh my god, some level three account that are saying all these items they're buying like twenty percent over the value or whatever. So yeah. many scams nowadays. Um, I'm going to actually take a quick pee. So we'll just take a little break real quick for like sure. a minute and a half, and then we'll get back to it. All right. So I'm just going to keep it recording, but I'll be right back. All right. I'm back. Are you? Yep. I promise I behaved. <laughs> All right. Um, I do want to take... We've been going for like an hour and fifty. We haven't even touched the Twitter topic. So let's at least. I'm going to touch on one let, that I'm actually. Let, yeah. Let's smash out. Yeah, go go for one. Let's. We should smash out a couple of them. Because, All right, let's do this. So I don't know, we're, we're both rent, which is great. I want to hear about this. Describe this one comes from Nibla Nos. Describe the feeling after finishing the hundred man CM raid. The Ooh. deathless. Hundred man. To give to give some backstory then, because it's relevant here. This project, oh man, I, I don't have the dates with me, but this project was started, oh, nearly a year ago now, I want to say. It might even be over a year at this point. And it stemmed initially from the idea of the DLM in We Do Raids. So We Do Raids is the 
you know, 60k big man Discord for finding raid groups for Raids 1 and Raids 2. And every Sunday, since the dawn of time, since Radio Raids began, sort of, a, a DLM was held, which is a double loot mass. So ever since people realized that they could run masses with big people, big amounts of people, and get a lot of points, we realized that eventually you reach loot caps. And once you reach a loot cap, it passes to the next one, and then the next one, and you have consecutive amounts of, uh, of, of chances of getting this loot roll, as long as you had enough points for it. So the double loot mass was all about, let's get 60 people together, roughly, run run these gigantic masses, and try and get two loot rolls, which is rare, and at the time was really cool. And then as double loots became more consistent, and even some triple loots came up here and there, um, it just became kind of the norm. Like, let's just do this double loot mass on Sundays, every Sunday. It's great. It's always a really fun event. I used to stream all the time. Not so much these days, especially because Trailblazers on, but... Hopefully going to get back to them at some point. And anyway, uh, conversation between friends and, and the people running eventually led to the idea that what if we had a better DLM? Like, it's one of the things in the game that was just sort of just taken for granted that you could do, but not really... There wasn't really anything where people had, like, tested the limits, like, how many people can we put in a raid and actually make it succeed? Because, of course, there's a few things to think about here. Like, there's no parameters for, like, what's actually a good big raid, how many points you get. Um, no one's tried to push the limits because it seems like it's silly because we already knew from experience you put even 50 people together in a mass and with even slightly bad calling everyone's on fire because Ulm burns you and yep. you spread it and then you know, you, you, you've seen the pictures where it's like oh. burn with me, burn with me, burn with me just <laughs> consistently and there are times where on my Twitter I'm posting every Sunday it's like hope everyone's having a good Sunday and it's just a picture of the entire raid burning like three weeks in a row Does that ever um, end by the way, the burn? If, if... Yeah, so o o over time like uh, uh, Hayo, Kelpie, I think Nox even ran a few. I've run, a, I've run one or two, but especially um, High and Kelp, they they determined methods to like separate people effectively. And the, 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 unfortunately, one of the methods is of course just screaming your head off in a controlled manner, like stand still. You must stand still. You must put up redemption. You will not move. You will tank crystals. <laughs> Do not attack. And it works. It absolutely works. Yeah, yeah no, no. I'm, I was just curious and because it, I don't, I don't fully know. know the mechanics, but. Does the burn ever actually wear off if people just kept doing what they were doing? It, it lasts for thirty ticks, I think. So it's like it's like. Six and then as soon as you're damage, burned again, though, it'll just keep going, right? Yeah, like, it'll just never yeah. end. So, so if you're standing next to somebody and you burn tick or they burn tick, it'll pass between you and reburn you for that entire duration. So the only way to get rid of it is to separate entirely. Jeez. So you're never standing next to someone, and you can make this happen. It just takes a, lot a bit of, of time, and then, and then coordination. And then as sets of, as little groups within the big group stop burning, you push them to one side of the room and just say, go over there, don't move, stand in a clump on that side of the room. <laughs> so you have this like burning section and you slowly filter them out and then, it, you know, it, it eventually, eventually works and gets under control. But of course, in that time, you've taken so much damage from all. It's like, you know, I, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We, we've had, we've had raids where you have like triple loot potential, 1.2 million, 1.3 million points. Bang. 200k 300k in this in this in the span of like one phase final at, at head phase and of course it, it's worth it's worth noting that all at these scales 60 people hits around 65 damage i think for a regular rate that's a lot of damage right like the, most people expecting to go into a, a, a trio raid a standard trio raid for comparison you get what 60k points 65k points uh which is like one twelfth to one thirteenth chance of loot or something like that. Maybe like one fifteenth or something. Yeah. And you're never going to die in a tree if you know what you're 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Because you're never going to take more than a 30 from all. In addition to any of the, the attacks that can occur, it really can't kill you if you just brew up. Um, but as you know, as you scale, every time you every time you reach a phase, increase it on. Fight draws on, more phases, more burn, more problems, more mistakes. Um, and of course, the max hit scales. Mod Arcane uh, a couple of months ago gave us the figures on how Ulm scales, and there's some really cool factors that go into it, like. For every phase that all increases, like so, for every eight people in the room, you get another phase up to a total of nine phases. Each phase adds a max hit or like more damage. In addition, uh, every time the melee hand dies, Olm starts his head starts glowing, and this is also true for head phase. And it's like there's just more damage getting piled on each phase, um, and it scales awfully with the amount of players. So eventually, when we got round to hosting one of the first ever 100 man masses, which was just a fun thing. By no means was this something where we were trying to test the limits or anything. It was just like, let's purely do this for fun. 100 people in a raid. Guess the amount, guess the amount of deaths that... Are, oh, actually, this was, this was I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it was a 100-man CM, just to like test the waters, like just go crazy on it. Guess how many deaths occurred. I think I have the number right. I, I can't even guess. I'm going to guess like... 300 and everyone died over the course of the entire raid 100 people roughly uh double it and add more keep going uh 500 deaths double it and add more keep going jesus christ uh 1500 close uh 1700 jeez so bad how many points it was just it was zero right like zero points each player died an average of 17 times that's fucked yeah, I, I, it was it was either thirteen, it was either thirteen hundred or seventeen hundred. And these are raiders too. These aren't just level well, fifty well, accounts, no, they, right? They're... They they were people suiciding rooms to complete them. Yeah, yeah was, but everyone kind of knew what raids yeah, were. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't just a bunch of noobs. It, it, it wasn't a bunch of complete noobs. It was people actually trying to complete the raid. It was That's just like insane. vanguards would one shot you. You go and a ranger just shoots boulders at five people dead. It it was it was silly in a really fun way. Um, but that was like that was like our first taste of. Hey, this is what a ridiculously like. This is what like the biggest kind of raid scale does to you. And um, there's a, there's a clip called the uh, the nuke or the nukadile. Mutadile takes out thirty people in one chomp. <laughs> Just bang, everyone dead. Uh, a glorious, a glorious clip. What does it hit? Uh, what what's its max? I, what's Mutadile's max stomp? Over over two fifty. Tecton maxes two fifty one, I think. If you pray 
melee, what would it does it's it change? Kill. Kills you. Jeez. It, it's 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 two fifty without prayer, so you just you Jeez. So it's so literally hundred damage. Yeah, imagine going into the first room in in a hundred man CM, pray melee one twenty one angler dead. It's, <laughs> it's it's just like how do you? This was this was eventually one of the problems we had to come up with for the hundred man CM because that was the whole point. And I've been sidetracked a bit here, but like the idea of what we ended up deciding on a goal was like, let's start stretching the idea of DLMs to make them better because we have ways to control the flame and stuff at all now. So we we have ways to we have ways to control the raid. We have ways to control each room. Let's see how far we can push it, right? And then we get to a position where it's like, okay, we can do sixty man raids effectively and keep everyone alive throughout the raid. So we're like, okay, let's do a 69 on a 5C3P, longest raid rotation, see how many points we get. And I can go into the Discord and have a look at some of the stuffs. Let me have a look. We have um, Where is it? We have a goals section here. And one of the first point PBs that we broke in the Mega Scale Discord, this, this was once we had started to like go for points specifically. Looks like this was... Yeah, two point three million points, and I can see. I'll send you the screenshot actually for this work. Yeah, this was like that's roughly the amount of people in the raid plus a bit. So this was probably like an eighty man at this point, and this was the first time anyone had broken two million points in a raid. So you can already see we we devised some roles and um, specific tank roles and stuff like that, and this was all in this is all in the way of just surviving on. Um, even things like optimizing so, for example, the Melias, Majors, and Rangers had to be separate. And the reason for this is because if you didn't have the separate roles and you all had the same bits of gear on uh, with all three styles, you, you run out of brews, for example. So there's some really cool optimization there with regards to sort of like playing the game properly, having tank roles, melee roles, mage roles, range roles in that sense. Wow. Um... But mo moving on from that, once we had figured out, like, hey, we can actually do, like, 80-man rakes, we can push 100-man, we started pushing 100-mans. That got completed fairly quickly. Olm was only hitting about 70s, I think. And still nothing in, nothing in the level that would actually max hit you. And we could choose 5C3P five, five rooms where everything was tankable or survivable. Um, because, you know, even, like, even, uh, you know, you, you could avoid all the, all the troublesome rooms. You can safe spot shamans with a shaman tank. So, Mystics can be done one at a time. Um, I'm trying to think of all like, the regular rooms that you... So, like, you, you would omit stuff like Mutadile, you wouldn't do Tecton, you wouldn't do Vasa. You didn't have to, you didn't, didn't have to touch them. And if you did, there were ways to, con to control it for the regulars. So, getting onto the 100-man CM stuff, once we'd done the 100-man regular without deaths, we're like, now we have an ultimate goal. 100-man CM maximum point cap without dying and it's just like that's the absolute that's the absolute furthest you could ever push the idea of doing large scaled raids you've capped it out you're gonna go for capped points as well so like overload caps food caps uh no deaths also means no 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 points lost on death and then of course no deaths so it's just like it's it's the perfect raid essentially right when it comes to high scales um Oh boy, well, there were some problems with this though. Even starting at forty <laughs> to fifty man CM scaling, the first thing we noticed was, of course, we have to include every room 
and it starts with Tecton. And it's like, how do you actually get past Tecton? <laughs> when he decides that he can essentially... He, yeah, like, it, it, it changes dramatically from just having, like, oh, it's crabs and tightrope and mystics and shamans. Yep. And, you know, even Vespula, which is, like, doable with the old method, which was a thing, and still is. And now it's, like, three things come up that are just deadly. For, even, even more than that, but, like, Ice Demon can now one-shot anybody, with the exception of someone wearing just this here in tank armor, praying range. Um, Vanguards can now one-shot anybody. Tekton can one-shot anybody through their prayer. Um, <laughs> we have people dying to scavs in the real attempts. <laughs> uh, so funny. One of our shaman tanks got killed for like a 93 or like an 80, an 85 or something like that. Oh my god. With a, with melee prayer up, just melee, just bang, dead. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, he had melee prayer up even? And he, he, still... probably, he, he probably had range prayer, but we reckon he could have yeah. hit regardless. Shit. And it's just like, how are you meant to do this when every single NPC from like the major rooms can actually one-shot you? Um, thank goodness things like Vespula didn't scale, or that room may have been impossible. And then, e even Rope Rangers. Rope Rangers, at one point, were hitting 65 through max range defense just this year, with Bulwark. Jeez. That is that is like a 40% decrease in damage, on top of range prey. Those guys were hitting like 250s as well. Um, tankable, only just... Uh, and then there's Vasa, which was so, so like of of the of the really big rooms that caused issues. Tecton, um, Vasa, Mutadiles, and to run through like all of the unique solutions, I'll try and quick fire these because I could talk about Mega Scale for probably just a week. Tecton, <laughs> we had some really cool and ingenious methods for this. The first, the first was something that I came up with, which was well, actually no, the first was like, what if we just all flinch it? What if our main DPS unit of like 30 people goes in and flinches it perfectly? And we soon figured out that like, yeah, you could do this if you're solo or like three people, but you can't scale that because player error, right? Yeah. So then we moved to the idea of, well, I, I, I take credit for this one and I still to this day love the idea. Uh, Salamanders. Tecton can't hit you on corners. He can only hit on the four squares on either side of him. Salamanders can hit horizontally even with melee. So what if you what if you have one guy flinching Tecton correctly who uses trustworthy and experience, and everyone else comes into the corner of Tecton, and hits him from there? Because Tecton doesn't recognize someone who's on the side. He only recognizes on like sorry, he doesn't recognize diagonals. Yeah, he only recognizes like in front. Um, I'll send you some of this footage of stuff later if you want to have a look at it. And yeah, put some of it. But there's there's a great video that I made about salamandering Tecton in a CM. In and fact, we do we. Uh, in you fact, if you if you want to bring it up, I can literally I'm I'm showing some of the stuff you've been linking me on the on the yeah. recording. Just 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 type in Salamander Tech onto Google, first thing, and take and just take a little look. Uh, let me know when you let me know when you've had a run through. I think audio is a bit scuffed. But this was this was like a proof of concept, didn't we? I'm gonna show it. Now. I'm super proud of this one. This is a challenge mode tech time. This Sally is pulling. This is a good DPS. I, I, I want to test something as well with my Sally. I have been waiting to attack when you guys are, but what if some 46. dumb person attacks it immediately? 
Uh, I wonder if you know no, it's okay. It's okay. And you all have to leave, basically, right? Because of the meteors. Meteors, yeah. Yeah. So the only damage anyone the only, the only damage anyone ever took was the uh, flame damage, which is of course manageable. Yeah. Jesus, the big brain. So this is like an adjusted CM lure that people were using for CM speeds. We have high at the top flinching in, which is like which is like the control, and then Tecton can't see us, so he won't turn to the majority of players. What does a salamander even? I've never used a salamander in my life. So a salamander has three attack styles, and it's melee, range, and magic. It actually does all three, and you can swap between them. But the benefit, like as we know, with all with all NPCs and with all with all things where you can both range and melee, including NPCs, they do that. They can melee you on corners. So much like the reverse for players, you can melee on corners. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, is it accurate? It, like, is is it decently like? It is. It is slash based, and because of all the warhammers and BGSs that we had on Tecton, it was like ninety eight percent accurate or something. Wow! And it was dealing like forties. Wow! That was a one. That was a one anvil challenge mode Tecton done with salamanders. Jesus! And that was without any mistakes either. On like first, we we did many attempts. This was just the first time we tried it. Um, and we actually never ended up using this method, despite it being really unique and really interesting and really cool, because. At some point, and I, I regrettably denied the idea flat outright for a few reasons, but someone brought up the idea of what if we just arc light everything? What if we just corp it? So, we, and this became one of the best things ever because it turns out you can actually just corp stuff in raids. You can just trick in it, which was the idea of like <laughs> you will, you will, you will yeah. have a BGS than arc light, and it removes the melee stats entirely. Yep. Oh, or you know, well, pretty much all stats if you do it correctly and have enough stacks of war, uh, and have enough stacks of respect. And unlike Corp, where you might run in solo over the course of 10 minutes and spec it down, with, a, with 80 people or like, you know, 60 people DPSing, 60 specs gone, it's going to be zero stats. So we ended up eventually moving off to do Arclight stuff. And I, I, initially, I thought this wouldn't work because on Guardians in mass raids, people used to BGS spec and Warhammer them all the time, and they, they always hit people. So I was always thinking, like, their stats remain. Reality is we probably just never hit enough on them, and I was misled by that. But and their stats like regen pretty quickly, correct? Uh, or is that not right? I've just heard not, that stats not regen. that fast. Okay, not that fast. Some things in raids too, but not that fast. No. So, chickening or corpse specking stuff down became the meta for a few rooms. Uh, Tecton was the primary, and that got us past room one. Uh, this also worked for other rooms, but some of them we didn't use till later. So let me let me go through in challenge mode order like each room. I'm trying I try and quick fire this still though. It's just there's some really interesting stuff I want to linger on. Crabs is just crabs. You just do yeah. crabs. You it's just what do you on. what do you have like four people in there doing it? Everyone yeah. else just stays out. Yeah, more or less. We, well, actually, there's some cool stuff where if you go into that room, there's like fifty crabs, <laughs> and you all have to like separate to grab them. It's it's kind of crazy, but really fun to see. Um. But yeah, crabs is crabs. Scabs is scabs. You have scab teams. You have prep teams, of course. Just pray. Uh, Ice Demon was one of those things where you have to get like four, three to four inventories of kindling each just to make the thing light properly. And our method for this was pretty simple and also incredibly scary. Uh, everyone would stack up in the west corner of the room and one person would run back and forwards tanking hits. Not tanking, but dodging hits. Drawing the aggro because I Stephen can't see that far left. Um, 
And this was like the start of where things got bonker because if one person misclicked Ice Demon and they drag out, the entire stack of 50 people gets Ice Barraged and all die. Jeez. And it's one of those things that was like a, a consistent problem throughout Mega Scale is that one at any point in time, one misclick ruins the run. Yep. And when you're going for a zero death, you can't afford that. So we had multiple layers of security, as it were. Most importantly, like reminding players, don't touch your mouse until it's dead. Don't even pot up your prayer. Don't do anything. Just sit back and watch it. Because Ice Demon, in a normal raid, is like, what, 20, 30 seconds? Yeah. Five minutes in mega scale. Jesus. <laughs> and this, this, is, this is with 20 fire surges with harm in Max Mage. This is with the rest of the team T-bowing it, or ACBing it, with rubies and stuff. And it's just like... It, it, how much once, HP once... does it have? I know Ice Demon's kind of like already kind of weird. It's it's not as much as you think, but the scaling on the magic defense and the HP uh, yeah, yeah. and the uh, the regular defense is like absurd. And we could not. I actually wanted to warhammer it. I was I was in, I was in favor of warhammering him. The rest of the team was like, nah, we don't want to risk. It's not it. even worth it. Yeah. Um, I still stand by the idea that we could have easily had like a spec team of three or four people who were trustworthy warhammering it. But yeah, that's whatever. Yeah, it'll happen. Just takes a little bit more time. But uh, it's the point is, it was a solvable room and quite easy to get through. Shamans comes up. For shamans, we had um, a completely new method of safe spotting. Uh, normally, a shaman tank goes in, draws aggro, brings them to a corner, or safe spots them. The rest of the team comes in and shoots them. Works fine. Mega scale doesn't quite work like that because when you're luring those shamans, first of all, there's five of them, and each of them has sixteen thousand health. <laughs> And whenever one of these guys melees you, you die. Which we found out pretty quickly for some of our shaman tanks. So the new method was to go in... Uh, essentially, because the fight was so drawn out because of the HP of the shaman, the shaman tank would have to stay there for so long he would run out of supplies. And or get chanced at some point. So the method was to have the shaman tank temporarily go in, drag them to one corner... Hold them there temporarily for 20 seconds or so. The entire team enters, goes to the east side of the room. The shaman tank now draws all the shamans back out of the room. So they're all looking at him while he's outside the room. And then one player from the team that is already in the room goes around the back of the shaman and tags one of them off. So you have four stuck on the entrance door. Just staring at one... the actual person that left. <laughs> your entire team is already in the room and one shaman is now being safe spotted at a time. That's as genius. it gets dragged off. And that was a really cool thing to see in practice. We got some amazing footage of that one. And that solved shamans, because it was just one one at a time. No no danger, essentially, yep. minus the initial setup. Uh, prep is prep. And then we were into Vanguard room, which was the second floor. Oh boy, Vanguard's gave us some issues. This was... Can I point out, this is all to explain like the feeling of completing Megascale. We're still on like explaining room things. Um, Vanguard's was a problem. And credit here to Skeletoon, who spent many, many hours, not just on Vanguards, a lot of the stuff. He was part of what we called the Raidologist team. And the Raidologist was just like a group of 10, 15 people who were all like really invested in figuring out mechanics for make Megascale work and all that. But he specifically spent a lot of time on Vanguards to determine uh, consistent safe spots and how Vanguards worked with regards to aggro. Um, it came down to quite simply having one tank stand next to the vanguard on the northern side and then your entire team would slowly walk into the room chill next to that like top right area and just long range it until it was until it was uh dead and the tank would never move the team would never move this was like ice demon on steroids where 
any one misclick means people die. And it happened three, four times where someone would just walk out. <laughs> uh, there was even a time where someone would decide to attack the South Vanguard. And it would just, it would run towards people. Jeez. It, it got to a point where I would start bringing Justicia with me as a switch to Vanguards, just in case it got on me. And it saved me one time. I, I got slapped by a melee with Justion, hit me like 50. Would have died without it. It's it, it's just one of those little silly things that ended up working. Uh, but we even had double we, we had double tank rotations. So when one tank ran out of supplies, you switch them over during a Vanguard intermission. Stuff like that. It's just really, really cool again and worked wonders. But Vanguards was essentially a safe spot and solve room. Extremely slow 15-minute room. But it worked. Thieving is thieving. Except when people decide to drink Overload at 51 HP and open a poison chest. <laughs> Didn't actually happen. But it was a genuine concern in yeah. the later runs. Because there were people... We, we got bored doing thieving. Because this was the point where we capped our points. Um, for Overloads and food. Well, Overloads specifically. There would be a 40 minute period. 30 to 40 minutes where we just sip Overloads. And do nothing else. Jeez. And we got bored. So we made Conga lines and stuff. So I, I, there's a point where like, I have a clip of me just drawing 60 people in a massive conga line through the thieving room and someone opens a poison chest next to me and it just hits like six people and like okay we need to not do this <laughs> we need to actually be careful with poison because yeah. it's threes and if people three hp they die even even you would think like the most benign room posed like this genuine lethal threat that cost at the and i have to say at this point in the raid it was like going on two hours Jeez. Like one and a half, one and a half hours or something, just to get to thieving in a CM. Uh, next comes Vespula. Vespula is actually quite straightforward. You just do the old method. It's just really slow because it's got so much HP. You do the old method where everyone shoots Vespula, it goes down, you hit the portal, comes back up, rinse, repeat. Simple. Um, rope, rope again was like one at a time. Be really careful. Let the tanks tank whenever they attack, and then you can shoot it. That was fine as well. Um, How much did the rangers hit if you had a tank with a prey range on? So 65, I think, was the highest I remember. And without, probably like 100-something? Well, double that, right? So 130. And then apply the Justicia 40% reduction. Jeez. (laughs) Over 150. So those guys were really scary. And we would have, at, at every stage in the raid, for the tanks specifically, there were heal other alt accounts or heal other main accounts that would that would just be on standby to heal other in case their HP dropped too low um, anyway ropes rope kill everything say spot one at a time scary again but in, in control which is important and then we're on to the final floor before on which was consi- consisting of uh, guardians into Vasa mystics then mutadile this floor posed issues uh, guardians was actually simple you just tricking them corp thing you just spec them down harmless you can stand next to them it's great fun Vasa. Oh boy. Vasa is... Oh, I remember Vasa... seeing the video you uploaded. Like, right when Vasa... you uploaded, I watched it. Vasa In fact, I'm going to pull that up. There, there, there's a few videos for Vasa. One is the... Actually, one's pretty long. That's true. And it what, has one's, like, one, one's like a tutorial to like do Vasa as from the perspective of, of a DPSer. And that's not actually something we, en- we ended up doing. That, that was our original method. And it relied on the idea that Vasa shoots out three boulders. And... You can have three tanks in position such that Vasa will only target those three tanks. It sort of targets the east side first, and then it targets everywhere else. So if your team stands on the west side, 
the tanks can take the boulders. And in theory, it worked great. And there are times where you could have the entire team just chilling on one tile, like 40 people. And the tanks would just move in unison together, taking these hits, dodging them. Um, completely fine. And then Vasa decides to be a bitch, and whenever it teleported everyone, it would always target one specific tile to the northeast of itself, and it would never target the tanks together. And it would kill people, because each of those boulders hits up to 90 damage. 270 damage stack. What are you going to do? You can pray range and still die. Um, that's in addition to being hit for your HP with um, the Vasa bomb. So that method eventually became kind of unusable, unfortunately. Even though in theory it worked fine because the coding is a bit jank. Yeah. Oh, is and that is that not is that video not even on your YouTube anymore? I deleted it. I think it's just, because it's just yeah. I think I don't. It, I don't it, even it just it. didn't work. It just, yeah. It, it sound theory, jank coding, and then we ended up with uh, chickening it once again. So this this ended up working for Tekton for um, Guardians and now it works for Vasa. But the, but the interesting thing with this is it wasn't it wasn't just something where you go in and chicken and hit it at the same time. You have to stack your hits because the defense regens so quickly whenever Vasa's on a crystal. So our plan was to wait for it to come to the northeast the northeast crystal. When it gets there, so we we start the room. Someone lo someone uh, logs out logs back in. No death, no uh, points preserved. Vasa room started. Vasa goes to a random crystal. If it's not the right one, we just wait it out. Eventually it goes to the northeast one. The entire team enters at this point in time. And then you have two literal banner men. One of them is for the Warhammers, one is for the BGSs. You don't need arc lights for Vasa, do you? It's only, it's only range reduction, right? Yeah. So you have Warhammers stacked up following one banner man. BGSs stacked up following the other banner man. Everyone's got their runoff. The Bannerman for the BGSs follows the Bannerman for the Warhammer, so he's one tick behind. And then once you start moving towards Vasa, so like the main the main Warhammer Bannerman starts walking forwards, everyone clicks Vasa at some point. And because you're all walking, you all attack Warhammers into BGSs directly. And that reduces the chance of Vasa healing defense in that period of time. And also stacks the hits perfectly. Uh it's it's way cooler to see in practice. I'm sure we'll get some footage of this. And it sort of just completely made the room zero damage. Vasa was hitting like ones to threes at most. Um, and it was just super fun to watch because out of all the reactions to Mega Scale, especially, well, maybe not the ending, but to all, like any given room, the first time we completed 100 man Vasa got the biggest kind of like reaction from the team. It was That's just, awesome. It was a crazy, crazy moment. Uh, the famous God has bled clip may have come from that. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, we must have been f five months plus in at this point, and like a month stuck at Vasa. Weekend after, because we only ran on Saturdays. Uh, yeah, Saturdays. So we had like two attempts per week. And each of these attempts would get shut down because Vasa would keep hurling a boulder towards its northeast side on teleports. Jeez. So passing the, it was just amazing. And the moment to be able to actually get through that I don't know, it's pretty indescribable because we knew that at that point we actually don't have much left for Arm and, and we're like, we can do one because we did Arm in 100 man, right? So Mystics is fine, it's safe spotable, one tank aggroes at a time kill Mystic, no problem. There was a really funny moment where at one point the team was luring Mystics badly and I went AFK to get a cup of tea 
And there's a really, really, really funny clip of me just standing still while the entire team backs off slowly as this mystic runs towards us. He turns towards me, throws a 93 or an 83 at me, I want to say. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, ah, okay. Because I'm still AFK at this point. I come back, I look at the screen. as the, In the process, as he's throwing the second hit, splashes on me. Jeez. <laughs> two, and, two and a half hours of our time saved because a mystic hit like a 3% splash roll on me. Feels very good. <laughs> Um, needless to say, I ate food a lot. Fourteen different people come forwards to try and aggro the mystic off me, and two people heal other me at the same time. It was good. Awesome. Good teamwork. Um, good teamwork. Probably the probably the closest I've come to ruining one of the raids, and hopefully, uh, well, luckily, it didn't happen any other time. So I got away with that quite well. But yeah, other than mystics, Mutadars was last. This was actually another chickening chickening room. Um, but this this went through a couple of variations. So much like the Tekton and the Vasa strats, we had a few ideas, and one of the most interesting ideas that, that was initially proposed was, let's kill it by tick-eating it slowly. <laughs> and when you consider how much HP it has, it's kind of a bit silly. So we thought, what if we spec it down while tick-eating it carefully? So, in theory, it actually works. As long as the Mutadile is in a specific place, you can go in, you can spec it down, and you can leave while tick-eating. It's just really difficult to get the, to get the timing right. <coughs> and for a couple of days we thought this was the best method, purely because nothing else seemed to be viable. Um, but at one point someone went into the room, or some you know, testing was done on this, and they dropped the aggro of the mutadile and maintained the aggro which was kind of a weird thing, because generally when you go into a room like that, the NPC will attack you, you leave the room, and it will just wander around. But in this but in this specific case, if you go into a room and you gain line of sight of that NPC, and then you move out so it does not attack you, it will maintain its aggro forever. Wow. So we had the ability to we had the ability to trap a mutadile on the door and keep him there, aggroed on someone outside the room. So anyone could enter the room and not be affected in any way. And from then it was just a process of understanding how we can group up players in order to spec it down effectively. Now here's the catch. Whenever you, whenever someone damages that mutadile, it will now aggro on them. <laughs> so now we're left in a position where we have one aggro who is outside the room, a Ag uh, and uh, someone to who is going to aggro, who is standing on one side of the mutadal, and a team of twenty who are on the other side. That person who is going to aggro hits the mutadal first, and now you have a ten tick window to spec it down on anyone else before it will re-aggro. And as long as that person does not get attacked by mutadal and leaves instantaneously through the tendrils, he will now maintain aggro. So you could swap aggro, which is really cool. Dang! So big brain that was the strats. Process. That was the process for the big and the small way. We would we would grab aggro, one person goes in, rest of the team goes in, that one dude grabs aggro, everyone else specs, everyone leaves. Someone goes in, checks the stats, rinse, repeat until it's zero. And of course the byproduct of this is that we have some really cool footage of small and large mutadile getting absolutely massacred by 40, 50 people just chilling there, not praying anything, getting repeatedly chumped for zeros. That's awesome. Um, that was a really fun one because... Every single time it was super scary, but every single time it was super satisfying as well. And then, of course, uh, oh, 
once we once we were able to do the rooms and we had the methods sorted, it was like a consistency thing where we'd get back most weeks to Ulm with Deathless. And then Ulm is like... Um, one thing would go wrong. One person just doesn't need enough. Well, we'd underestimated it in, in, in reality because we'd been so focused on the room problems that we hadn't really solved the Ulm problem. And... Of course, if you're putting in there, we actually for for the hundred man raids, we only ever had about twenty five people in the room, twenty to twenty five. This is re to reduce player error and keep things a little bit simpler, and also because other other people had alting roles and stuff like that. But yeah, of course, when when you consider how long an arm takes, which is like nearly forty five minutes or something, that many players in a room, that many clicks, you're going to make a mistake, and every single time, players kept making one error that ended up killing the team. And of course, if you think about Ulm max hits and how they scale with phases and CM, yeah, Ulm can one-shot you just instantaneously. From any HP that you are in the room, you can die. No matter what you're praying, where you're standing, what you're doing, <laughs> you can just die. And that kind of became a problem because Ulm had never been in that position before. For the 60, 70, 80-man regulars, 100-man regular, 60-man CM, 70-man CM, wasn't a problem. Om can't kill you. He can't just kill you when he wants to. And then we have clips from the hundred man like actual attempts. We run in. Someone is late to spec the Om hand. They die. The raid is over. Jeez. And this is like the most demoralizing thing because it's week after week, three hours to get there, two seconds to fail. Um. And I'm not going to go into all the Om stuff because that's another like hour and a half of just explaining roles and, and specifics, but. I remember watching a lot of in, the Ulm things on stream. In, yeah. It, in the end, what it came down to was like a genuine training camp for consistency. You, you, the whole the whole idea is like you, you're in a race against time for someone to make a mistake. So by reducing the chance of making those mistakes through a series of practice sessions and confirming people like actually want to be on the team and are dedicated to it, signing them off is like, you are accepted into the into the mega scale on because you've been to three practice arms and have performed well. That was that was the only way we had to actually improve that consistency level. And in the end, it was like you need to actually build up good players and build up good consistency. You can't just tackle this with any random team of really good players. And we had some good player checks. We had like you must have max combat stats. You must have max gear. You must have five hundred raids, Casey. You must have CM experience. You must have mass experience. Uh, you must have Infernal Cape, even even Infernal Cape broke at one point, and it was just like none of this is helping. So it was it was really really cool to see the idea that it doesn't matter how good the player base is, you have to train people specifically to get good. That was a really cool idea, and ultimately it ended up paying off. Uh, a few weeks after those training sessions, one of the arms successful. So, but uh. To answer the question that was at the very start, like what was the feeling of completing those raids? Honestly, by the end of it, it was just relief. It was a genuine feeling of just <laughs> overwhelming, over. overwhelming relief. Um, from experience, getting things like an infernal cape, yeah, I was like shaky. It was nervous. Everyone's first time is always rough. Nothing compared, remotely close to the, to the like mega scale stuff. Wow. Um, so much I, coordination too. It's not a solo thing. You just—it's not all it's not, on you. Got to rely. It's not a solo on. thing, but you have—you have to perform. But at yep. the same time, it's like it—it's it just so many moving parts coming together. And then head phase as well is like 
Oh, no, it's 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 actually almost painful to talk about it. It's like how much it went on for. And this was like a nine, nine, nine ten month project that slowly wrapped up to 100 man CMs. And not a day went by where people weren't like in a voice channel trying to figure out different mechanics for different things uh, with, you know, particular room solves and nifty ideas for Ulm. It got to the point where we even had a, we had a specific start for Ulm, where our tanks would go in, draw aggro, moves, move Ulm's head around, prepare a skip all the while the team came in, and they would move to a side just to make sure that people didn't get one shot on, on entry. And that was like the care of attention and detail that was not just necessary. That was, you know, not just fun to do and, and relevant, but like necessary to make it work and not have people die on you. Crazy. But yeah, I mean, biggest tangent of all time, but the answer is relief. Beyond, beyond anything else, it wasn't like accomplishment or like, holy crap, we're amazing. It was just like, I am so relieved this is over. I have my Saturdays back. <laughs> um, because, because each raid took four hours. Jeez. Starting at like 8pm. And this was for up to, you know, 50, 50, 60 people who were putting in their time for this as well. And the rest were scalers who couldn't have done it without, but man, I don't, nothing, nothing else compares to that kind of thing. It, so I much coordination it, goes along with that too. Just getting people yeah. there and like just performing perfectly. Yeah. It's crazy. And I really, I really think that it, you know, it, it got, it got the attention it deserved, but it's still to date and i think will always be possibly the the biggest ever team effort and challenge that has been successfully completed in old school oh 100 100 um there's a whole lot of solo challenges that people have done fire capes and funnel capes um stuff like solo top raid stuff uh, it, it, nothing compares remotely to the idea of that many people even even like the five man CM records and stuff, they're really cool and they're super well done. But it does not take nine months. It does not take ten months. Yeah. And it does not take that amount of effort and time. Um, but for for anyone who hasn't actually seen the mega scale stuff in action, there are some vods up and around. But more importantly, there's a Discord that was used to organize all this, and that's like the place to have a look at some of the the chat, the history, the uh, the goals and stuff. I will definitely so, have all the know. all the links that <clears throat> I previously linked, um, well, that I previously shown, and any links that you want, I will have them in the YouTube description. Yeah. So click on the description; they'll be there. That's uh, yeah, it's a super cool thing to look at. If nothing else, just like even looking at some of the goals in the uh, like the gold channel, and having a look at the uh... <laughs> so that picture I sent earlier. This that was like the early days, and then this is like. How it ended up. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to show the difference of this. One second. Is is just a really cool sort of comparison picture. I I ended up going from being a Vanguard role to one of the two dedicated tanks as well. So that's why my gear's a bit different. So that was a three point five. Sorry, three point uh, three point three million point raid. Jeez. So, uh, turns out all so kind of basically a million over. more points. What and was... to think that when we started these, the maximum point ever seen was like 1.8, 1.9. Was there three oh. items on that final one? I, th I think there were two. Or just two dexes? Yeah. You're never guaranteed loot, right? So it's yeah, just... yeah. I was just curious if no, because I only saw the chat. <laughs> and okay. the really silly thing is, as soon as you cap, you, you cap out triple loot at like 1.8 million points. So going over 1.8 is just completely irrelevant other than just for the sake of it. Are you kind of sad about that? Do you wish it would have 
just kept going. Yeah, there were talks for a while about how it would go up to like five and how they might change that. Never actually happened, and I don't blame them, but yeah. it would have been really cool to see five loots. It would have given them more purpose to doing the raids. That's crazy. I'm actually uh, so like I'm glad we uh that was actually very very interesting especially a lot of people that hadn't ever seen if you guys have never even heard of Adicon I'm assuming most of you that are into somewhat PVM know who he is but um there were a bunch of streams on that and they would pull mad viewers of just going through these 100 man CMs and stuff so if you like and just another shout out to Adicon like be sure to follow him on Twitch and his YouTube he has a bunch of the especially if you're working toward the inferno he has a bunch of uh tips and tricks and stuff and guides and stuff but moving on something that kind of leads into it what are your thoughts on a potential i guess speaking of like hard pvm and stuff and crazy accomplishments thoughts on a potential hard mode inferno or do you think the six jad challenge is what they are thinking is going to be like that really tough challenge so when they at some point in the last few months they changed the text on completion of the Inferno to like, instead of just like, wow, I can't believe you did this, or congrats or something, it changed it to Un- para- uh, para- para- paraphrasing, yeah. until next time. Right? Yeah, 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 something like that. They, 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 they were hinting at the idea of something new. Whether it's six drads or not, I want to say I hope not, but I, I feel like it's almost certainly going to just be a six drads thing, right? Um, it does look like they're going to be either custom waves to some degree, or some sort of thing you have to solve to get to six strads. It's not going to be like his six strads. It's like his waves one to six, where six is six strads. I'm just really hoping they don't do one, two, three, four, five strads. That's going to defeat the entire point of it. Um, I'd like I'd like there to be really interesting and potentially new kind of waves we haven't seen. So like a ranger, a major, and five melees. Good luck. That's a wave solve. I would love to see stuff like that that are implemented into this challenge. Um, just to give like some silly things for people to try out and mess around with, and still be realistic, but also just um, because six trads on its own is going to be kind of boring for anyone who understands anyone who understands how to do trads properly. I mean, you you have you have people who have been doing like one prayer point, one HP, pure six trads, right? Yeah, and it's just sit there stuff. flicking, and it's like. I get that they're really good at what they do and they got practice in this, but if they can do one prayer point, one HP, pure low combat, six strads, anyone can do it with Mexico. Give enough time, you can do it. So it's not really a challenge in the sense that there's, I, nothing, there's nothing leading up to it. It's just sort of just go, good luck, bash I, your head against it. I personally don't think six strads is going to be the tough challenge that <clears throat> they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think they just had to say something, because it kind of, at least in the blog, that like what I read was basically like one of the challenges is going to be the six jads, and I think they said um, like because uh, the six jads they said like completing six jads will unlock the jad metamorphosis, yeah. um, and I'm pretty sure it'll be like you know you have to at least complete the inferno to do the triple jad challenge there's probably going to be a triple jad and then there's probably going to be like the six jad afterward or something but personally i think they're not telling us something um i think jagex is at that level where they can now just give us something as a surprise and like i don't think it's like it's, it's not like a team thing where it's like 
they just physically couldn't produce like another inferno type thing i don't think it's going to be on the level of inferno like the complication of it but i think there's going to be a more difficult challenge that we don't even know of yet but it's going to come out with achievement diaries i think six shots is going to be something and then i think there's going to be one more thing that we just don't know about and it's going to be really tough and it's going to be involving zook i think not just jads that would be cool to see a lot like a zook challenge based on that yeah i'm 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 hesitant to think that they would make it too similar to the inferno purely because they don't want people to like practice the inferno via not doing the inferno that's like their big thing right now is like why they won't release six jads unless you have an infernal cape which is a good thing but um i've always it's kind of interesting you say that's a good thing because i remember like tournament worlds they'd block inferno or something because of yeah um, big fan of that personally (laughs) i personally didn't actually like because all it really comes down to is you're just saving supplies really and you know you're you can practice with better gear but like honestly i was at the point no well it's it's not it's not that in my opinion what do you think it's the nerves the, the the leading factor behind people dying from drads onwards in the inferno is not like the apm it's one of the lowest apm things out of all the high level pvm stuff it's the nerves purely oh and i yeah. think yeah and i, and I think I, I think being able to practice removes that entirely and that's that's the whole point is that you have to get there on your own merit and you have to get through that on your own merit and having the ability to practice in a no lose situation removes that entirely or at least to a degree where it's now a lot more attainable. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, th- I think I think that's the important thing to keep in mind when it comes to not not like letting people practice. That's the thing that really matters. It's not just for the sake of practice. Because yes, you know, yeah. I mean, there are there are private servers you could do it on if you really wanted to. Yeah, I agree. There, yeah, I agree. It's tougher, and letting people practice would make it um make it easier, and the nerves would go away. But personally, I I got to the point where I realized let people practice like let them just why not let people have the just the um get rid of those nerves and actually get better at the game like why not just give them that practice and stuff because that's that's a good point that's that's sort of where i was getting to is just kind of like yeah i can it can get rid of the nerves and it can make the inferno just a bit more prestigious but at the same time like why not let people why not give people every opportunity to get better at the game and just increase the what we hit yeah I, I think it's fair to say that anyone who's actually at the stage of doing inferno is probably good enough at the game where they're not even playing the game for that nostalgic effect anymore they're actually just enjoying the game as it is yeah and sort of because i mean obviously inferno is not nostalgic so it's like they're going for this achievement for the sake of the achievement itself and it's like you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter if you practice or not it's just getting the cape yeah either way and like i understand that it's always been that way now and like they're not going to unleash like triple jads before you complete inferno which is fair but at the same time i think honestly give people as much practice as they want with like i would be completely fine if they did let people practice triple jads before going to inferno like why not let them get better and get rid of those nerves they'd probably still have those nerves but that's just my opinion of just let people get good at the game like why not yeah i suppose i suppose nowadays i mean ultimately the risk comes from like if you're if you're in the real thing going for your real cape if you die at any point it's like a restart right so yeah it's not going to get rid of it entirely at all yeah and i so, i just true. i figure like why not just let people get better but i'm it's not really that big of a deal i don't mind that 
they have it the way it is. Yeah, I, I'm pretty impartial generally. Like, if they yeah. wanted to make it open, I'd like, okay, I can now do speeds on info, on tournament worlds and not waste supplies and stuff. But yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing is like kind of where they've how you have to boost at Turiel just to get Inferno Task. I really appreciate them uh, doing what they've done and um, for the combat achievements, you can now do like three Zook Tasks in a row for people that just love that. Um, this is a really... Yeah. yeah, and and yeah. honestly, like they have come out with things. that's like, why, like, could we be able to do Inferno on task, not get any Slayer XP, and not get a cape, but just go for speed runs? And what did what were your thoughts on that? Because I remember thinking, like, yeah, well, like, why not? You know, if you're not yeah, getting it, any, it, it, it's completely a why not kind of thing. Um, and I, you have suppose, to get a cape I, beforehand. I, I, I suppose. The, I suppose the problem with this is that it devalues playing the actual game itself. Yeah, and that's the only um, real. It, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like if Trailblazers existed all the time, why wouldn't you do that? If Inferno Speeds existed, scot free of time investment, why wouldn't you just do that? If that's yeah. what you care about. And again, the truth is, like I probably would, and I wouldn't play the main game at all. So you're taking a player out of the main game effectively, and. I don't know. I, I think the only way it ever works is if you, you you have to import their gear. You have to import you have to like import a player save from their gear and their stats into that version. So if you haven't earned that in the main game, you have to earn it now. That's the only way it ever works. I think. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because if tournament, if you tournament. if you just think about like you know limiting people, just kind of like if like just in a fake scenario if something was just arguably more fun than the main game it's like but you're just holding it back because like they understand it's more fun so we can't give it to them or else it'll just kill the thing that's not as fun it's kind of silly almost it's like why not just give it to them but i i still understand the argument of like you know let's keep it's kind of like when they came out with iron man in general It's, it's just kind of like separated the community in a way which... Yeah, you're not really playing the same game. Yeah, it's... are you? Yeah. It, it, so, like, here's the thing: like, in what sense do Iron Man have a direct impact on the, on like the game community and/or economy and/or, you know, the direction of the game? They shouldn't have a, they shouldn't have an impact on any of that, really. Yeah, I mean, and in the same sense, it's it it's just because they're like, in the instance that you're in, doesn't mean they're actually having an effect. Uh, minus when you drop trade stuff, which is rare, but like, yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing. If they were to make it just a subsection of the main game where you could just redo Inferno repeatedly, it's the same thing, except they're actually just in an instance on their own now. <laughs> yeah, but what yeah, would, have you ever thought? Because uh, I've kind of mentioned this on previous, but like, imagine you could duo Inferno or like something crazy yeah, where they I make mean... it even tougher, but there was ways to like do a co op Inferno where actually you can. Sign me up, yeah! Instantane- like, be... Instantaneously, it would just—it would be a dream come true. That'd be so much fun. The, the one big change that I would really like for a hard mode Inferno is to have it so that NPCs ignore your defense, and they only ever care about the prayer you have up. That's probably the single biggest and best change that they could make to Inferno as it stands to make it like genuinely difficult. So, if if they were to slap a challenge mode title in front of the Inferno, that's what they would do. Um, because this means you can't just tank bats while you kill a major. You can't just tank a ranger using your BCP that you brought along. You can't just 
you know, you can't you, you can't get away. You have to actually prayerfully. Um, would it be? Would you be against like like think about an inferno, but every single thing will max hate you if you don't flick it, but you can bring purple sweets in. Do you think that that would be like? fun because i'm again i'm not a i'm not an inferno enthusiast that just does inferno all day from from the perspective of an owner of a million purple sweets yes <laughs> from the perspective of a pvm who likes inferno no because I, purple sweets really ruined the game in a lot of ways the one stackable food. yep no no and i the, the one stackable food yeah and 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 i just mean there would be a separate inferno where basically it's a it's a completely different thing you can bring sweets in but it's like everything's gonna max hit you if you miss a flick so. I, I, I just like i like the idea that it just hits you if you miss a flick i don't think it should max hit you because then you, you, would... what happens is you're, you're turned into a pure right you're turned into a one defense account essentially yeah. no that's true and we know and, and we know people could do one defense pures so we know by extension it should be possible to do that with zero percent chance of being able to tank stuff. That's true. And the pure challenge in itself isn't like crazy difficult for people who can do Inferno, but for people who are able to do Inferno but you know haven't got experience with pure capes, that's an actual challenge. Oh yeah. And it's not and it's not something where you just stack NPC stats increasing to like one point five X like challenge mode. CM. Uh chambers anyway. So that's definitely a nice way to go about it. So here's a question from Zomalom. He asks you, Addy. Um, I'd be very interested to hear what Addy would like to see and hate to see in Raids 3. This is the age-old question of the year. It's sort of... Ultimately, I don't know. And I think that that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I feel like with regards to raid design, Jagex have been really great. They've listened so far. Uh, they've actually taken notes and each one has been better. I know there's only two, but the point is that they're actually quality content. And Tob has been much smoother than Chambers has. Chambers is like still to this day going through uh, different changes, right? Like even like yep. last week or two weeks ago, there's changes. Tob has not been touched in I don't know how long now. Ever since like the uh, potion thing was changed, maybe? It's been a really long time since a major update. I think Maiden Red Crabs was like the last one or something. So, yep, I think so. I think their their process to develop Race 3 will be extremely streamlined. I think their testing, player testing, is going to be really high quality. This is like my hopes, at least. Um, so I, I think I think for starters, the raid is going to be from release, very very good, <laughs> to say that to say the least. In terms of quality, in terms of content. Um, in terms of expectation, I think it will meet what most people want from a terms of endgame thing. With regards to that, though, it does need to be properly challenging for high-level players. And I don't just mean this in, like, day one challenging. I mean, I would love to see the kind of content that ends up chancing players who are experienced. And that's a really hard thing to come by, because the closest thing to it is probably the Inferno, right? Yep. Where even players with 20, 30 KC sometimes die. Um, sometimes. Ra rarely at that stage if you know what you're doing, but it does happen. That's kind of the level that I'd love to see. I don't think it should be as punishing. Like, you're removed from, like you're removed from the raid, you got to restart. But I'd I love think to it see should. The, I, but, well, I, I, I think it should just be really heavily punishing towards loot, personally. I think it should so be that, heavily so punish, punishing toward... Uh... 
But, uh, well, 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 okay, I, I say it this way. I say theater of blood because it will be team-based. I say it should be theater of blood where if all of you die, the raid is over. Because Oh, I, I, I agree, yeah. yeah. I don't like how Chambers yeah. is where it's just kind of like, you just keep dying, 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 no no real... But I, I suppose you combine the penalties of TOB with this difficulty of Inferno with regards to survivability. Um, for starters, that's a really nice place to go. And unfortunately, that'll annoy the hell out of the uh, mid-level community. Even some of the high-level community guys won't like it. And it probably won't survive the first week, is the reality. Because people will complain about it. I really want... I don't know, I don't know how to get by this problem of like catering to the mid-level. Yeah. Now, it has to... You just have to be like, this is Raids 3, very fucking hard you know just maybe, maybe, maybe if their starts on it from the get-go is like hey this is this is meant to be the, the end game you, yeah this is this is for players who are like max combat that's the point Tra- chambers is done by like levels 80 purers these days for fun and venezuelans venezuelans just for gp <laughs> yeah. it's like and that's what everything I, becomes know. over time because people master stuff and they'll give perfect guides and stuff but like can still be like inferno is still very tough even w- with everything figured out yeah and th- there's this big learning curve because it's reliant on wave souls yeah. and I... wave souls this is the this is the unique thing there it's like the npc stuff it's just like flick stuff right you know, like the vanguard room is essentially the same when it comes down to like combat triangle and flick stuff if you really want to go and tank and hit stuff but S- something i really wave... want to see is like wave souls is really good real puzzle rooms like tough puzzles like legitimate well, that, puzzles that, that, that's i know it's not i know it's not what you mean but the inferno in that sense is every oh, way yeah, yeah, like, yeah it is a puzzle it, it, it's a combat puzzle right yep. crabs is a joke <laughs> yeah that's tight not a puzzle isn't, tight rope isn't a puzzle ice demon is a joke slash not a puzzle yeah. i um, want i want a legitimate yeah. puzzle where it's like um you know they can't just come out with unlimited puzzles but like something where it's like it's a team-based thing where if one of your team members fucks up, you're all getting fucked up. And, like, so you you have to get a good team because it's, like, you know, maybe you have... Like, something I really enjoyed was those... Um, uh, if you did, like, Sins of the Sins of the Father quest, um, if you remember uh, that little puzzle that you did. It was just fun. Oh, it was the, quick. It was quick and fun, oh, yeah. It was, one of the doors of the thing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I really like that, and I think it would be cool as like, if... There was like four puzzles, so if you're in like a four man, there's four of them. And it's like you have to rely on your team because each of you have to solve this, and it is randomized, but it's still fun and quick. Like you can still just get it done, but you are still like I, reliant time based. I don't know how I feel about that. I I would love puzzles. Like I like puzzles. I don't like everything just being combat. I like raids being like there's super tough combat, and then all of a sudden it's like brains. It's like you gotta I'm have both. Trained. I'm kind of the opposite, actually, when it comes to this. I, I really like the idea of pure combat. I feel like uh, we just have too much of it, and that's my personal opinion. I really love puzzle rooms if they're good and thought out. I would. Here's here's the thing that I I care about right now is that I would like to see an example before I like say yes, I want this because I don't think we have a good example of a good puzzle room as it stands. So if we're gonna dive into like the idea of let's give more puzzles to raids, let's see some actual good examples first. I think something that could be cool is, and they could really do this, is do a fully randomized room. Just it would just it would literally just have to be a square room, 
And it could be similar to crabs where it's some sort of a light puzzle, not extremely difficult, would take under like for people that experience it would take under two minutes, but just it is randomized every time you go in there. It's black. You can't see previously to the like the previous room, but you go in and it's a randomized thing. It's like, okay, quickly figure this out. And it's like there could be a light going somewhere and you just have to figure it out. And it can be fully team based, you know, just running around trying to match up the colors but something that actually truly randomizes and they could do that i feel like i don't feel like that's too tough but i want like that's just again my opinion i don't want everything just exclusively combat based i wanted to have some sort of brain activity going on i think i think i'm solidly solidly in the position of i want to see an example before i commit to having that's true because it could be saying it's okay yeah because it goes one of two ways it either it either is a good puzzle that works or if you commit to that initially and it's like that's what you put in the raid and people are like this is just song of the elves but in a raid this is awful kill me no song of the elves is awful because it's way too long and it's just this huge huge place like it's, it's not obvious either. Like those handholds on the books to get across to the mid side, didn't see them for half an yeah. hour. No, no, no. The the whole place oh is just God, this. It reminds me of Zaya, where it's just this giant thing. It did it. The rooms did not need to be this big. Like it could have just been very simplified. Want, and yeah, like I don't. I also don't want things to be obvious. I just don't want them to be hidden. Right. Yeah. There was this. There was this like problem with being overly cryptic and like completely impossible to see unless you were looking for it directly and it's just like i don't need or want this like i I get it's a quest but it's an actual time waste until a guide comes out and another thing i would think would be cool in raids again like we kind of see raids as just combat only that's what kind of theater of blood was that's basically what chambers is but i think it would be really cool if they added something similar to the sepulcher um where there's actually like shit coming at you because i'm i'm assuming it's going to be like desert based and in, oh, in a pyramid. Combat? dude okay I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that at all that's amazing yeah no like i'm thinking hallowed of hallowed sepulcher with a bunch with of other combat. yeah monsters and shit oh my god yeah like you no, could okay, easily that, do that like think of like dart walls coming at you like there's shit yeah, where you have to dodge and then you also have to kill this boss or something that's a completely different idea i had not ever considered i love that yeah yeah. No, sign me up. If, if, imagine like a spinning blade that flies towards you. Yeah. If you get hit by that, you just die. That's it. You're out the range. <laughs> yeah. Or what I really want is a boulder. Um, you know how like Indiana Jones has like that huge boulder that's coming at you, and you have to keep moving, but you have to kill these things as well that are like at you. I think it's just right. There, there's so Ooh. much with like pyramid and desert-based themes. I think would be so cool. That's a really cool line of thought. Yeah. No, I'd love to see that. I mean, I I spent like what a week straight at Sepulchre, just doing Sepulchre all like all day every day. That was a lot of fun. That was one of the most fun bits of uh, content. That it's so year. much fun. Um, okay, imagine this. I just thought of this. Imagine there's a like um, some sort of trap that triggers, and you have to solve a puzzle in like a minute, or you fucking die. Like you just die. So it's like just like. Get the hell out of there. Like, and if you die, the rest of your team can go on if they pass it, but like, you're just fucking dead. I think that would be so much fun. I just, I want things to be just stressful. Just like, you go in, there's a fucking boulder about to crush you unless you solve this, like, right now. Yeah, it's just like a Sudoku or something. Yeah, but like, I don't want it to be too RNG based where it's like, oh, I didn't get the right puzzle. Reset, reset. It's like, I want it to be consistently like 
a certain amount of time it should take. We need some custom old school puzzles. I think it'd be so cool. I, I'm just so excited for it's, it. It's it's definitely a nice line of thought to think about. I I just I love the idea of the arrows and the spinning blades personally. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> uh, because because like things like fires in Sepulchre where you can just take your time and go through them with a pattern is not that interesting. Yeah, it's nice to have some, but I don't think it should be the main thing. Like the spinning blades that force you to be on time, and also judge correctly when they're coming back. That's a lot more interesting. I think that kind of judgment when it comes to a game like that really makes the sort of it, it it takes away from like let's just hit numbers and sort of let's uh let's move to set locations and things because when it comes down to judgment there isn't like a set thing that's correct necessarily anyway i mean the, the, you have a rough timing but if you have a, an intersection of three different swords that are all random you have to be a bit more careful now you can't just you know you can't just go on a set timer or anything yeah i have and one that, more that's, that's like that's like learned player skill which is good I have one more idea that I was just thinking about. Like, have you ever played uh, uh, Fall Guys? I never played it, but I've seen some of the I, maps. I played like, a little, yeah. But there's one of those maps where it's like it shows you the, the tiles, like the little fruits on the tiles, and then it'll tell you like what fruit it is, and you have to stand on that tile or else you'll fall down. Right. Um, I think it would be kind of cool is if there was like a little like five by five room, and it just quickly flashes like what you're supposed to be standing on. And then you got to stand on it, but like each of you has like a different thing to stand on. If you pass three of them, oh, you, you can't, can... you can't copy. You just have to, you yeah, have to you just have to memorize attention. on your own. Or See, you that's, know, that, that, that's the kind of I don't know if I'd classify. I suppose it's kind of a puzzle, right? Yeah, but it's but it's it's like, are you paying attention? Do you understand what's going on? Can you react quick enough? Yep. Those are three. Those are three things that work. So yeah, I think that'd fun. be a really fun room. Just really quick too. It's just four little flashing things. Gets a little bit quicker each time, and then as soon as it's done, it's over. Like just move on to the next room. Yeah. And that would no, be completely consistent for speed runs too, because it's exactly time based. And it's like you just have to know what you're doing. Well, not just that, but if there were, if it was a grid of like randomly generated things, you would have to choose the one closest to the exit. Uh huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> so true. There's, there's stuff like that. There'd be like minor tick saves, but still relevant that yep. you can incorporate. I think yeah, there's totally. so like, many cool things that, you can do really with well. raids. I I really do. Hope, I mean, it's it's got to be desert, right? Yeah, it's got. If, if they if if they don't do it at this point, it's like what what the hell have you been planning after all? But <laughs> yeah. no, but yeah, I th I think the idea of like movable traps that require judgment, anything that sort of like memory game small thing that doesn't take too long is yeah, like you know ten second room. Yep, it just works. It does it does work. It'd be love. It'd be really nice to see some of that stuff. I'd love. And that. again, coupled with the idea that things even at a high level still get chance from them if you're not careful. And they could so, even make it, like, they could really add on some other things where it's, like, there's, like, some monster in there chucking magic or range at you. So not only are you keeping track of, like, the tile you're supposed to stand on, but you're also having to flick your prayers during it. So it's, like, so much going on. You're, like, shit. Sign me up. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> much fun. Yeah, sign me up. That's that's. And it's just there. quick, too. It's just, like, okay, let's, okay, boom, next room, let's go. Like, that's what's well, fun. Got to think of the penalty, I guess, as well. This is also relevant. Like, if you fall down, what happens? You just die, or or you just take a huge like chunk it. of damage, or you have to like, I don't know. What What would also be cool is like something that I've always uh, kind of not liked about uh, Theater of Blood is that when you die, you just sit there. I think it would be really cool is if you could get you could get back into the game, like into the action, if you solved something, you solved a puzzle, or you killed something real quick. You ran through a little area, and then you can actually get back and help your team. Something like that, where it's like, 
It's not just okay. Let me just fucking sit here now for fifteen minutes while they kill Verdict. I, I think I think for the boss room, you should probably just sit out if you die. But for the rooms prior to that, and I think it should be that kind of stage thing, probably should get back into that. There should still be a punishment either in, in either in the form of like time that yeah, you actually or points out, or just something or yeah. points or something. But as long as as long as you can get back in and not just sit there mindlessly, that would be yeah. good. That's I what I said. There's so many. There's so many options. It sounds so much fun. Because in because in chambers, it's a, it's just a time and point penalty. In TOB, it's like a non-activity, a non-activity and point penalty. But um, I mean, even if you can't participate in the main room, you still can get back. It's like it's still a genuine time penalty, but it's not just fucking idle time where you're running yeah. or idle time where you're sitting still. So that's that's a really nice sort of transition back. What do you think? Okay, so Rob or. Um, Rob asks, <clears throat> it would be cool to hear your thoughts on cheat clients for end game content, whether or not it devalues accomplishments and Jagex doesn't care. I've always been pretty openly against cheat clients. I'm a base runelight user. Um, I've dabbled with other clients to test stuff like the NPC hider thing. I don't use it and I don't think I ever will until it comes to runelight. So when things, in, you know, so like okay so i've seen a bunch of people speedrunning inferno and you know the vods of it and stuff and they still use things that aren't on runelight which are probably not allowed but they're just skimming the line do you think it's like okay so here's here's one thing like especially if in combat achievements are going to come out with a time-based inferno challenge you know maybe like sub 60 or something where it almost or like maybe it even gets faster than that where it's almost like Using a cheat client is actually going to help me because achieve this quicker because like people that use these clients where NPCs can, you know, disappear instantly once they're dead or yeah certain things. Uh, like, you know, I don't know. How do I so I, I put up a nice post that summarizes this quite well in the content creators. Have a look in the Ask the J Mod section. It's the most recent thing. Look. And this is like this is this is the thing with it. It's it's, it's if if you want to make old school into this sort of how to put it? I need to, I need to read, read this for a second. Uh, I see it. Yeah, it was, it was like in the light of content creators having help with tourneys and speedrun competitions coming into practice and all this kind of thing. It's like there are so many clients out there that just completely ruin the difference between two times. Like, in in Phono for the uh, NPC hider thing, it's like thirty seconds. I'm used to playing without it. I can probably get it down to twenty seconds, but I still lose time on every single run I do. Yep. Um, and that time is something that is just completely unfair. Now I, I don't mind as it stands. There's no competitive scene for it. It's just for fun. Yep. But you cannot push a game competitively when it has problems with clients like this. And of course, the one easy thing to do is to compile a rune light into their own client, absorb it, and make it their own client. Anything else is like insta bannable, and you must log in through rune light or something. Uh, I don't know. It's like I really wish that would be the solve, and I really wish they pushed that in the direction, but they've given no inclination of being able to do that or wanting to do that. Um, if anything, they've made worse decisions on how to go about it because they were trying to go up with they were trying to go with OS Buddy initially, weren't they? And that was just like a complete nightmare that didn't work out well. Uh, it's it's odd as well because 
they've been talking about doing stuff for their own client. And what do we get? We get like updates on the sound system and uh, <laughs> what was it like the the option menu for things? Yep. I I don't know. It's it's odd. I I feel like. I feel like they're not really prioritizing things that really matter. And when it comes out, it's going to be too little too late, basically. It's just tough because, like, for one thing, I love Runelight. And it would be awful to play now without Runelight. It would just be awful. Like, if I just had to play vanilla. No GPU, no stretched mode for me. Like, it's no tile indicators. That's awful. I went to RuneFest, the last RuneFest, and the PCs that ran base client. God. Because they because they had to. Now I didn't mind anything about it except for one thing, and that was the FPS. These were good. These were like not top range PCs, obviously, but like good PCs, running just base client, nothing else open. Twenty FPS max. Jeez. Even less in raids. I did. I did. A, I did a raid with a uh, kickable. I think That's it was painful. We got we got a Dex one raid <laughs> at Runefest, and it was like the worst experience of my life. I I just it was just awful. Probably a combination of like 60 hertz monitors. This actually did matter because it was low FPS. Yeah. 60 hertz monitors and 15 FPS to 20 FPS. Just awful. You you could yep. play, but it was by no means anything close to the standard. It's like almost like playing expecting. mobile, just where it's just everything's clunky and everything is like laggy. Well, it's just slightly. I know the FPS real? is better on mobile, but yeah, it, 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 mobile FPS is amazing. It's like I I don't uh, know why they can't implement just a 60 yeah per second here. It, it, it's literally on mobile. Right, it's, mobile it's just has that delay I'm talking about, where it's like you tap and it's like, all right, now move. Right, because they're yeah, just preparing for like the tap and hold. Uh, it's it's frustrating. It's kind of like I would very but, much like to see. I, I sort of bring it back to when they did ban things from Moonlight. I got I got annoyed because I didn't feel like they were OP. Like for example, left clicking ham members became bannable for pickpocketing easy clues i was like it's not a big deal but it's like as soon as you ban one thing they have to ban a few things and then it all has to be bannable or else nothing's enforced and then the other thing was like menu entry swapper was a huge thing i used and loved and i didn't feel like it was op and they banned it i'm like fuck like i'm really annoyed that they won't go into specifics i don't know who's in charge of it i haven't looked i haven't looked to be fair i haven't talked about it but i i I have no clue why they carpet ban stuff right like and I, they don't, yeah. they don't actually like make exceptions or talk about exceptions. It's like they're not even open to it. Yeah. And again, I, it's, in, in in all fairness, we haven't asked that much. And part of what I put up in a, in a post in the Discord is like get them to actually answer that. Yeah. But it's sort of like it. It just gets to the point of like, okay, clients right. are good. Like they are good, but it, when it's coming down to, I need to get a certain time because I actually need to get this grandmaster achievement task done. This feature that's technically illegal but it's on this client is gonna save me a minute on average like i just gotta use it like it's almost like other people have used it why can't like why should i not be like using it? it's just like it's gonna get to that point where it's like i need to get this time where right now yeah like you said it's there's no real competitive scene prime, prime but, example is like scouting right yep can you imagine can you imagine if someone did like non-runelight scouting versus scouting yeah it doesn't matter if you're five minutes slower you can't compete and that is a crazy time difference when it comes to 20 minute raids so i don't know i don't think it's ever going to be on the scale of scouting i hope not but you know these these 20 second 30 second time saves or massive quality of life things yeah they add up yeah they do and and ultimately when there's no solid 
rules around the really important ones, it's going to be a problem, especially for times to come. I mean, for example, like the puzzle stuff in the Raid 3 things we are just talking about, if they're just auto-solved, it's, it's, you know, it's another five seconds here, it's another five seconds there. At what point, at what point, and the other problem is for streamers, like, you know, at what point can you just use them off stream and be okay with it? Or, um, or in just, you know, even use it on stream, like some people just use it on stream. It just, I don't know, it's, it's such an odd thing. It and then is. like the targeting system for streamers is rough. Because some streamers feel like they're targeted, others feel like they're not, they're not like helped enough. Uh, this will be, this will be a fun talking point, but like, you know, you know the likes of uh, like there's been manual bans for macros on people who are live streaming at the time. Yep. And it's like they're obviously not doing that, and it was applied manually. Question mark. And then I know I'm not the biggest streamer or anything, but another time my my alt gets banned for buying a cape. Question mark. It's it's. I get they don't understand that my account exists, and it's my account. But the trail of evidence very clearly showed that I made it and I played it and it's mine essentially. And even Tyram, when he went and unbanned the account, was like, "Yeah, this was a mistake." And it's just like, where's where's the where's the sort of consistency here? It's an odd one. Yeah. Now it's there's things that really do take a lot of thought. They're not simple answers and. Sometimes there is no real straight answer. It's just kind of like compromises to make it work. But yeah. Well, I have another quick topic. I'm trying to think if there's anything you would also like to talk about, you can bring it up. But Some um, what is something or what is what are you currently like working on uh, in game? And then also like what are you most looking forward to? Like you're looking forward to combat achievements or what are what are you excited for for this next year and what are you currently doing i'm currently roasty toasty sitting tight for combat achievements would be the summary um i did a lot of stuff this year with regards to like my account progression and in terms of what i personally play for for the most part it's progression of account and now that i'm i i so i i did no joke this is all in one day i'd sort of prepared for it a long time but i did Quest cape, finished quest cape first time ever, finished achievement diary cape first time ever, got the champion's cape, got the what other cape was it? I, I did like I did like six things all in one day. Oh yeah, music music cape. So it was like quest achievement, uh, champion music, champ champion music max cape all in one day. Damn. And then I did a hundred master clues opening. On that day as well, for the sack cape, right? Just just for the sake of doing yeah. 100 masters, had like 104 or something. I remember that, and that was Popping that was in. a really that was a really super fun stream. It was like a maxing thing, but it was also like that really polished off my account as far as I considered it being complete. Feels and... good having like things completed where it's like the game is basically fully unlocked to you. Yeah, there's yeah. players that I mean, don't really understand that. Like I've I've had IRL friends that are very casual. They refuse to do quests and they burn out <laughs> so easily because they have nothing to do. Like you have no content to do because you're too lazy to do the like a few quests. And I know they're painful to do sometimes, but it's like you got to yeah. do it or else. One, one a day is not that much time investment yeah. even for a casual player, right? Yep. But it's like. Anyway, I, I, so I, I polished all this stuff off in the space of 
you know, four months leading up to maxing, all done in one day. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy it. I've got loads to do. So I, I do some Infernos, I do some CMs. The stuff that I was originally doing for fun. And it's like, I really kind of miss the account progression stage. Which is a shame, because when it comes to maxing, I have no motivation to go further than that when it comes to XP. Yeah. If I had the GP, I'd sit at bank doing Herblor or something for 200 mil, sure. But it's not really the same as, like, it's not an active progression towards something unlockable other yeah. than, like, just XP. Which is a shame. I really I really miss that, actually. I do, um, too, a little bit. I was thinking I'm sure about that some, the other day. I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll probably max the alt account, and that'll be a whole other thing. But I'm still very content right now with where that's at, at least. But beside that sign up, but like beside that kind of like account progression, I'm I'm sort of left with the idea of, of achievements, right? Which is in a form of like item collectibles, uh, I suppose clue stuff, which I'm actually not interested in at all, unfortunately. Not a, not a big clue dude. And that's totally fine. There's um, not many of us yeah. obsessed clue people. <laughs> there's pets, there's Casey, and then there's speedrun times. There's probably a few other things, but nothing really that I'm concerned with. Yeah. And for like pets, I've got all the pets that I want, with the exception of the Armadil pet and the Callisto pet. I have no motivation to go for Armadil, um, but I did learn the methods for solo, like effectively, which was really cool, and also ulting stuff. So I have those ready to go if I ever get interested in that again. Callisto, for which I've done the same with regards to ulting and trying to find some cool safe spots and stuff. That's all ready to go, but I've just, I don't know. There's no motivation there currently for pet hunting. I have two Callisto Cubs if you want one. Just I would give love you one. <laughs> Just give you one. Well, actually, one of them died. I lost yeah, another right, right. Yeah. But I got another one. You can have that one. I'll go get another one. Oh, heck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just get back on the Callisto grind. Um, I'd like a Scorpio as well at some point. But beyond those three pets, and that's not really a lot of pets, I really don't care for all the pets or yeah. even any of the others. It's just they're not appealing. And it really has to be all or nothing because it's like as soon as you go for like, ooh, like I want 30 pets, it's like you just. Yeah, you want your pets that you like, and then after that, it's either all or stop. Basically, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I w- I wish there was a way to like figure out where the motivation comes for that kind of thing. I think you just have to you have to know, right? It's not really something yeah. you can like try and work towards. Yeah. If you want something, you want something, you go do it. Yeah, but... pets for me. It, it, if I played like a main and there wasn't like, and I could just buy every item. Like, if I were to go for pets, it would have to be all of them because. There has to be like some progression to it. it. Can't just be I want a pet. Like, okay, like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I would need to get all of them eventually. Like for me, doing nightmare, it's like I don't want to do nightmare. I just I have so many other goals that are leading, just surrounded around this mace that I need. So <laughs> you'll get it soon, TM. One day. <laughs> so the other thing, of course, was KC. And KC is a bit of a weird one for me because the two the two bits of content that I really do is solo CM. Regular raids to some degree, sure, but Solo CM and Inferno. And Solo CM KC doesn't track, it just tracks as KC. And I, I think today I have the most Solo CM KC in the game at like 900 something. Sync's yeah, probably, probably getting quite close. There's probably a couple other people who are pretty close, but um, for a period of time, until quite recently, I definitely had the most KC solo. And it doesn't show, which I don't mind really because I'm not super competitive about KC. But it's the kind of thing I wish did actually track, and there's yeah. no way to track that. So I'm, I'm I, sort I of... feel that way about even Nightmare. Just yeah. kind of like people just see your case. He's like, oh, well, Curtis has done more than you. It's like, actually, I've done more than Curtis at this point, but yeah. just, there's no way to show it. 
in terms of time investment as well it's like how do you show that you've done and again like what you said i don't really care it's just it would be kind of nice it would be nice it it would be more motivation if nothing else and then um the other thing with my solos is that to date i've never seen a solo twisted bow wow i've seen i've seen a duo two trios a four and a five man something like that and the majority of my casey is solo i've done like 800 solos here maybe like 900 out of like 1.2k and i've done about just over 2000 regular raids of which about like 1.2 1.3k are solo was the bow in your name in the teams yeah the majority okay that's good at least i was gonna say that would suck if you're an iron man (laughs) there was a period of time where i went uh 180 regular try solo I do one team raid and we do raids in LFR Standard for fun. T-Bow my name. 80% of the points in a trio. <laughs> yep. That ki- that killed me for a while. That was just oh like... Oh, my God. It's... I've never been close to scamming anyone. Not even then, but it's just like, ah, this is just... It's so undeserved, you know? Like, yep. That's kind of how I feel with, like... It's not even about the money anymore. It's like, can I just have my solo bow? Yeah, you go so dry. Like that's how I feel at Nightmare. It's like I go so dry, and it's like I'm I'm terrified to do a team Nightmare. Like I don't even do them because I just know the one team I do after being so many solos dry will be a mace in somebody else's name or like something. Yeah, that's a that's a super motivation killer when it comes to doing solo raids. Yeah, they're still fun to do. I still do one every now and then, but it's not like there's no grind motivation. Because it's just like, are you any closer to a solo bow? Mm. No, not really. And uh, again, it would, be, it would be really nice to see solo Casey tracked and stuff like that. Yeah, for real. So, and then we're left with the last, you know, the last sort of like motivational thing: speedrun times, which is sort of the last end game thing that you can really do, I suppose, when it comes to this kind of thing. For chambers, I'm done. I don't really have a team to do speedy CMs with, nor am I super motivated. Um, I also, I don't know. There's, some, there's something about teams here that never really sparked for me. But um, at one point, I had solo duo trio four plus one and overall wreck for chambers, which was cool. And it's not as impressive as it sounds, considering that most of the records people didn't really go for, so it wasn't really competitive in that sense. Yeah. But it was fun to like complete the set for a while, I suppose. Um, Inferno-wise, which is the main thing I guess I'm doing now, Inferno Speeds, this is like a love-hate relationship because much much like my very first point that I talked about with regards to like evening RNG and hitting max at times accuracy for everything, you wouldn't think that something like Inferno Speedrunning has a massive amount of RNG. And yet, we know for a fact that like Zucks can range from about 2 minutes 30 seconds to like 3 minutes 30 seconds. Yep. Complete RNG. And that, that makes up 2 thirds of Zucks, roughly. That's a whole minute. And when you're going for sub-50s or even better, that whole minute is just like yep. complete randomness. And the same is true for every single major that you attack. You can 4-hit a major, or you can 20-hit a major. And that's a huge amount of time lost if yep. you're unlucky. Just reminds me of like this one time I was... I... The the nightmare that I ha- actually have recorded, I got a fourteen nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. I kid you not, one pillar took like 
20 harm hits. It just would not hit big. And it's yeah. just the most irritating thing. You're just waiting for it to die, and there's nothing you can do. You're doing everything you possibly can. Just can't die. It puts it puts you in a really weird place as well, because some, some runs you play amazingly, or you feel you play amazingly, and RNG isn't there. Yep. Some runs you play really badly, and the RNG is there. And I, I don't know how to feel about it, because... I would just love sometimes for the RNG to align with when I'm playing well. And it yep. does occasionally. It does occasionally. That's where the PPs happen, of course. Yeah. But our RNG really takes away from speedrunning, as it turns out, <laughs> when it comes to old school. Yeah. It, it's like... It, you, you just have to sweat the game, basically, if you want to get an actual good PB. You just got to keep have, doing it. It's just... You just have to keep yep. running non-stop. Yep. That's all you got to do. But um, I'll tell you what, though. Inferno Speeds... Out of all out of all the bits of content in the game, probably the most fun by far. Like even when it comes to mega scale stuff, that's less of that's less of like a personal holy crap I did this. That's a team thing, right? Yeah. When it comes to something like Solo Tom, yeah, it's you know, you can go fast, you can play well, but it's not got that sort of adrenaline rush and also that fear of I suppose with Solo Tom there is like a period of an hour where you or like forty minutes where you have to tick it carefully and play well. Maybe it's a similar-ish feeling, but with more tick-eating. But Inferno's like non-stop action. That's really, yeah. really fun about it. You've got, you've got so little time to think, and you've got to manage your HP. No set supplies, no restocking. Yep. So. Now, it's definitely a, so much fun to watch. I bet everyone can like attest to that. Just watching anybody go for speedruns like, competitively is just so much fun to watch. And I'm ex- so excited for quest speedrunning because I know it's quest not P- speedrunning. Yeah, I know it's not PVM, but it's a completely different thing that's untouched. Where it's like, it's dude, you're gonna find people are gonna find out ways. I'm like, you know what's crazy is, um, well, I don't know. It depends on the inventory you're given. It really depends on what they give you because there's gonna be like presets for. I, I yeah. wonder if you can manage your presets before you start the actual timer. You know. Like like an LMS interface would be cool. Yeah, yeah like just to juggle things around. And I wonder if you could. I wonder if you're going to be given anything to work with. Like you can just go on the GE, get whatever you want, start your inventory, start your bank, go. I really am I, curious I, what they're going to do. I, I would hope so. But Plus, I'm so excited either. for that, and I feel like it's going to. It, literally, it could become a new thing. Like if it, I've said this in a previous cast, where it's like, dude, if if there's somebody that's really into the game that hasn't you know, gotten their content out there and just doesn't stream or doesn't do YouTube. If you are into quest speedrunning and you feel like you're good enough at the game to like get good at that, you could literally build you could, like you could build yourself off quest speedrunning. That's gonna be so big, I feel like. Just endless like well, people love speedrunning. Speedrunning in twenty twenty blew up as well. Yeah. So many different games and categories have just been going wild. Yep. Like, and it's endless content. Tag. Yeah, speedrunning as a tag in YouTube is just it's it's doing well, you know. That and that and uh, world record in the title helps a lot. I find. Yeah. World record speedrun. You've got a winning. You've got a winning video there. If it's actually yeah, something yep. good. No, it's just really cool. And then people can figure out how to like improve it slightly. They'll watch yours and find out improvements and do it. Yeah, I just think it's going to be so much little, fun. All the little skips and ideas that come in. Like, who's going to need, um, Slayer music when there's going to be speedrun quests out there? Just literally, you watch him, and you'll do. He'll do a quest in five minutes. You're like, "Fuck!" Like, let me just memorize this, and I'll just do this. You know. I I mean, in, in a sense, right? It, it it's not like it would not 
be a bad quest guide. You're still doing all the steps as long yeah. as you follow through. There probably will be RNG with like combat and stuff, but like, yeah, there's always gonna be RNG in RuneScape. You just gotta accept it. Most of it is knowing what you're doing in order and, yeah. and going through the combat is definitely a minor thing. That sounds. I'm excited. Well, I don't have any more topics. I don't know if you have there's any. A couple, there's a couple in the, the list that I have. I'll, I'll pin it for thing. I'll take a real quick bathroom break. Let's let's speed up on a few of those topics, as it were. If there's anything left, let's looks see. like a few. Let me see the pins real quick. But I'll, I'll take a very quick bathroom break. All right, let's do that. All right, I'm back. Yep, me too. Okay, let me see the pins. Okay, go ahead. Lead Let's us. See, I'll, I'll pick the uh, one that we haven't done yet. <laughs> Granite Trims, the G-Tax, Willy PV, Speedrunning Place in Osiris. Speedrunning in this place is not in old school. It's sort of just the lead on from... Please give us a please give us a server to do it on, but also make it so that it's like max at times accuracy, but also make it so that it's like a set time thing or like a tournament world thing that doesn't last forever. This is it's still rough. <laughs> there's there's no winning thing there with, with making that tournament world last forever i wish they, i wish there was a nice way to go about solving that they'd have to make it really good ping too because the last time they had a tournament world i f just physically couldn't do six jads because the ping was just so awful yeah it's bad that's i mean that's that's the problem in itself is like how do you make like so many servers have different issues five five hundreds have issues at times Dude, the worlds right are now, so time, bad right now too just Three, 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 six, five was amazing for ages, and then it suddenly has this like weird tick delay on certain actions. It's so bad. Yeah, it's... they need to fix that. <laughs> they even did a reset like a week ago, and it, it helped stuff for like two days, and it's back to garbage. Well, they, they were saying it was like an engine problem, which I thought was incredibly odd because how would an engine cause? I don't know how it works. But how would it, how would an engine problem cause lag? Yeah, and more more importantly, if it's the same engine running in all the servers, why are not all the servers having the same lag? I don't know. <laughs> it's an odd one. Oh, I'd love to talk about the polling system and how much I hate it. Oh, yeah. Tell me. I, I despise the polling system, and there is one big reason why. If, for example, Raids 3 comes out, and Raids 3 is talking about one major thing change in Room 1. I guarantee you that 90% of the player base will not have tried Raids 3, and yet they can vote on this change. Why? And is that not a problem? It's bad. Bad. How do you propose See, to fix it, though? Delete polling system. I think the polling system has really stifled old school in the last few years. And it's got progressively worse because there's now a hive mind that just goes around voting things up and down as they see as they see fit. Um, partially Reddit problems. Uh, for so, for example, uh, Mod Arcane's Slayer thing idea, I think on paper worked really well. It could have done with some minor changes, and the biggest problem with it was how it was presented with regards to the big picture and, and more importantly, in the polling system. What they should have done was poll the idea, then poll the subcategory separately. But they pull it all together and it all fails together. And now we have this really amazing idea, which I still really back. Um, that was a great solution to tutorial skipping in particular. Just gone. Never to be seen again. True. And it's like... That happens a lot. Yeah. 
and, and again, with like the raids one fixes and things, why are they pulling raids one fixes when ninety percent of the community does not do raids one, and never has touched it and can still vote on it? It makes no sense. And yeah, no, I, you got. I, I, I understand it's like a real world mirror system where I can vote for someone in to be elected for whatever it is, and have nothing to do with it in the slightest beyond just choosing someone. But isn't that an awful way? Yeah. To like do things in a game when you actually have this option to, to choose. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the really key ideas that they bring out, as long as they pass internal review and maybe some feedback from a set group, I don't know, like the content creator disc, for example, it should just pass by default. And what should be voted on is the subcategories that go into it. I really and liked the, the um, player councils or something where it's like they have players that are really dedicated toward the game and they they have different sections of players yeah. like UIMs, Iron Men, just really a diverse group of like just this council basically. And yep. yeah, that one, would be amazing. One, one overseeing community manager, four or five subsets of game category for like Iron Men, which is split into hardcore. What well, well, I guess Iron Men, like leader, split into hardcore, UIM, whatever. Yep. Um, they need account. a lot of that. Split. Yeah, it's, it's just. I, I would love to see this sort of this just general tree branch thing and like feedback coming up. So like you know whatever community it is has access to one or two people that they can talk to. If nothing else, like I don't even Reddit can do it. They can just put up a thread like put your things here. We'll skim through the ideas. Anything that's really stupid just gets completely omitted immediately. Anything that's remotely close to like sensible gets put through. Secondary filter, tertiary filter. Four or five good ideas a month come up to each group of community leaders and they don't have to be people who work for Dragex. just be people people like us yep who talk about this stuff and and skim through the ideas and have some good thoughts and ultimately that gets pushed forwards and it's and it's not our problem anymore but now Dragex have this info that has been collected for them and is actually just genuine community feedback yep and they wouldn't even need to pay. They wouldn't even need to pay for that. Not, not I'd, a cent. I do this for fun. Like I love yeah. talking about the game. So yeah, there's so many resources they could use, and like I think those player councils are huge. And I really, you know, what I'm kind of hoping on. Um, I don't know. I I really feel like those player councils are huge. Um, and I think with I... the clan system, even even being able to like. Like the whole clan system, I feel like there should almost be like integrated in the game these player councils where it's like people can actually have discussions in the game as well and like through Discord and other things. But like there really needs to be more of that. And because because the thing is, what I'm scared about getting rid of the polling system is that Jagex has all control now and they will just put anything that they see good and yeah. they can just put it in the game so that's what i'm kind of nervous of but again this, this, do i trust the community more than them this is this is sort of where it comes from it's like do i trust the community more than them currently no as indicated by polling stuff um not just the floor in the polling system in its own but the fact yeah. that again you can vote for content you've never done it just it baffles me like again it's a real world system that doesn't have a place in the game I know. yeah no um, and like there the thing is like there are things that you really don't need to do to poll. Like, obviously, changes to a piece of content, you really should have experienced the content before you vote. But, like, when they're polling, we're going to come out with <laughs> some busted thing, but you've never tried it, so you can't vote on it. It's like, you really need to be able to vote on... It's just, it's very tough, but I think those councils would solve most issues. 
Yeah, it's it's about implementing a different filter. So yep. currently, polls is like a direct filter from the community. Yep. You don't need that. Well, you you want a secondary filter, one that takes the community ideas and passes it through a brain. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, several people who've come together to like think these things through. Yeah, and then submit that as feedback, not just a poll that has to be followed by default. I actually kind of liked it when they hit poll results. I would rather not know what actually got voted on, and rather have them have like genuine feedback they could sift through. That sounds silly because hiding poll results is like, oh, conspiracy. But the, the idea behind it was actually quite a good one, I think, yeah. initially. Giving DragX that freedom to make the correct decision in, in times when it may not have been. I don't think there's been a huge amount of situations like that, but there's been a few. I'm curious. Would you like a new skill? I'd have to see it before I, <laughs> before I, before I try to... The, the likes of warding just felt really awful yeah. i don't know how to explain it, nah, they did. it it just looked like something where for max for, for like people who are essentially maxed it's like okay you just have to train this other skill yep it didn't really feel like a real skill like literally everything that was in there could have been put into magic and crafting yeah, like enchanting was, clothes it, basically it was it was literally magical crafting yep they could have um, literally just moved it all into there and uh even room crafting as well like put it into those three skills just added little you know, things, but yeah. I I haven't thought about new skills at all, really. I'd have to sit down and just draft up more concepts. I, I think, honestly, they could knock out like five different concepts for ideas based on real-world stuff and just have people look at them and give some feedback again. Yep. No I'm, voting, please. Just, you know, sort of... I have my own ideas. like, And most of my ideas are kind of for, for actually reviving things that are already in the game that have zero use and are just trash. Like... Because things that have come out in the game back in like 2002, 2003 that are still in the game that were balanced around that time where it's like, I feel like there should be some rebalancing and some uh, oh, older yeah, pieces of content. And I have so many ideas and I feel like they're so pretty like, balanced. Speaking of rebalancing, smithing skill, right? Yeah. 99 smithing to craft rune plate body and like 80, 85 to craft the dragon plate body. What? Um, besides that like crazy fact, it's like, there, there is some great uses for rebalancing smithing and also incorporating or reworking the skill entirely. Um, you never want to get rid of it. You still keep the training methods the same, but in terms of like the upper level of the skill and rebalancing those tiers, what if you know you use smithing as a path to refine items? So you take items out of the game by refining them into better items. True. There's a lot of different a ways. A I'm AGS refinement rank 1 to 3 adds um, like 5 accuracy per. Requires smithing level. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm nervous of like a full rework, but I, you know what, a rework I really want to see that doesn't really mean anything to us high level people is like, you know how like rune scimitars is best, is best, like yeah. they've pulled on they've they've shown on Reddit a million times of rebalance these things to make battle axes and maces have a have a use for once, like I don't know. I think R that's R a real thing. Type thing where god swords are actually main attack weapons. It's not. I know it's an R S three concept, but it, it, it's yeah. not like no. I mean, there's a lot mechanic. of rebalancing. It's perfectly fine, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm a fan. It would skew our perceptions of like what's good for a while because we're used to it. But in terms of in terms of fixing stuff to make the the tier work, sure. Yeah, it's just a shame that like scimitars control. are always best in every situation, basically. Yeah, where pretty, like pretty much, pretty much yeah. every single one. Like I think like long swords. Like for example, dragon long sword is you just look like a fucking noob if you're wearing that thing because it's just slower and that makes it. It's it should be, it like 
it should still be worse DPS, but it should have a perk like way more accuracy or something. So it's like if you really need the accuracy for something, it's like at least it has some sort of niche where it's just kind of yeah, good somewhere yeah, maybe. I, I, I guess seeing a rework like that would not actually change the meta for anything in particular. Yeah, it would just give certain I mean, niches, I guess. I I don't know. Would you, would you rather see like some really big content updates for high level stuff next year? Or would you rather see like a really good rework? Personally, I personally, I'd actually rather see the rework. Me too. And I know I, people I, I are super it. into just getting raids, 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 raids. Like, give me my yeah. high level content. But at the same time, I really love the fixing and balancing issues. It feels like a baseline to work off as well. Yeah, because if, if they settle, if they settle on like let's say, uh, I don't know, like, are there even any like level 80, 85 attack weapons in the game? Uh, like, like, defenders like eighty. Defense I think eighty is the highest. Let me just look. Actually, I'm in the so, game. So, so, so they have like levels remaining above that. Still. Oh yeah, there's so many. Those aren't even. There's still, there's still places to fit stuff. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like there's there is a lot of room, and at the same time, it's like people are like, oh, p- things should be moved to level eighty five. Like I agree, there should be rebalancing, but at the same time, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Most people have ninety nine ranged or ninety nine strength, or you know, but it yeah, could it could there could be rebalancing to actually help because like a Tebow, for example, really should be like a level ninety five range yes. thing like why not <laughs> i mean it wouldn't really make that big of a difference because most people are already 99 but at the same time it's like why not you know for balancing yeah when it comes to regular accounts who's gonna try and limit their range specifically when it comes to iron man who's not gonna be doing raids with 90 plus range in the first place yep. and who wouldn't grind those three levels if you got the tebow it's like th- things like that make sense to deviate that range yeah. one point maybe like 90 because you probably want to use it a bit lower you could get it earlier yeah who knows like but you know, same th- same thing with like the mace, the um, rapier, and blade of sailor. They should be like ninety. I feel like each of them. Yeah. But again, I it's suppose, like I suppose yeah. I suppose you put those up there, you you end up limiting what content can deliver stronger items. You only level you only left with like ninety five, right? Yeah, so it's kind of hard to unless, say. But unless I, you want to start, you but, can start slotting in like ninety three, ninety two. I guess yeah. if you really care. But and then again, do we really want just objectively better items than? Sailor, rapier and stuff that are like those tier like i don't know it's I, like it gets to the point where I'm, it's like i'm a fan of items with different effects for different purposes true much more than Niches. like damage increase yeah but now you got to find places for those to be useful in i want them it's to like, nerf the like... dragon hunter lance <laughs> uh, i want them to nerf i want them to nerf it so it's barely better barely better and i mean like 0.1 dps maybe better than a rapier like I just, I still want it to be best in slot, but it's just, it's to the point where it's too good. It's too good. It's, it's just best in slot to the sense that as an Iron Man, if you rush that, you have a stab weapon for Vasta, best in slot for all minus scythe, which is not going to be useful on Iron really. Yeah, never, unless you can yeah. afford to blood ruin it, and you have crush for Tecto. It's insanely strong for raids. It's a custom built raids weapon. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit too strong. And it's so powerful against dragons. It's just to the point where it's like, if you don't have that, don't kill dragons. I hate that. It's it's one of those things people rush nowadays on irons, right? Essentially, yeah. And like they as could soon as you start your slag right, it's straight to ninety five. Yeah, and they could keep it, but it's it's like arc light being best in slot against demons. It's cool. I mean, it is a free weapon. There's the argument there that it's already free, but at least it's charged with something. Where it's like the lance is just this unlimited, crazy powerful against dragon weapon, and nothing will ever be better than it. Besides, like a scythe in certain scenarios against certain dragons. 
I don't know. I guess Dragon of the Crossbow is like comparable-ish, but it doesn't have the damage output because it just hits the same number. Yeah, even Dragon Hunter Crossbow like... should be nerfed, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, prob- you're probably right when it comes down to that. It's just obnoxious. It's such a weird, arbitrary buff they that's, did to try to balance it too, around Blowpipe. Too many dragons is the problem. Yeah, no, there are. And dragons are... Most dragons are great money makers. Yeah, I mean, it's just a big dragon slaying, killing game, right? Yep. But nice to see some sort of variation and consistency with something else. So, like, if they bring out, I don't know, a giant worm, it'd be nice to see, like, tiers of giant worms that you could actually kill or something. I want to see them come out with desert tremors, like those uh, sand worms. From, the, from uh, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I want those to be a... Uh... Raids 3. Uh, Please. I want that to be the final boss, actually. It's a bunch of these sandworms popping out of nowhere, slicing them. And I want it to be graphic. I want to see you actually chop off their heads. <laughs> I wonder if they can do that. I mean, there's a decapitated head in TOB, right? And Elvarg. And, oh, yeah, you fucking yank his head off. <laughs> okay, that's true. There's, I don't know, there's so many options. Like, there's so there's so much potential for this game. Like, we have not seen anything. You know what would also be kind of cool? I was thinking... Mm-hmm. Um, some like there's so many mechanics you could add to like high level bosses but one of the bosses was kind of like uh it w- i guess it'd be sort of similar to triple jads where something attacks like some monster some boss in the future will have a special attack where it consecutively shoots out like six different attacks all within one tick of each other Good and Lord. and then it has like and then it has like a three tick delay to it so you have to remember what it shoots out and you have to pray against it like correctly i think there's like so many little things where it's just like super it's like you just have to be like really really like so it's, in it's there, like you know it's basically satetsic then in a team of five it's just like five bouncing orbs that will come towards you that kind of thing yeah just i don't know there's little so there's so many time. things i could do yeah, I can see it. Yeah. man raids three better have some good ideas and i'm so excited it's it's gonna be the best thing or the worst thing right yep <laughs> half the, half the player base will the players the player base will double in size or half will quit overnight. I think that's kind of probably what it's going to be like. Not entirely sure though. I'm a bit scared of the clients and plugins with regards for raids through. Yeah, now those they've gotten kind of out of hand lately. If they're able to crack down on that and their own client and bring out raids through next year, they've got a winning combo though. Yeah, for sure. Because along with the uh, the developments they're doing for clans and stuff, it puts them in a really nice place to start working on all the uh, relevant stuff for PvP and PvM, competition-wise at least. Yep. We'll just have to see. Well, um... Shit, this is a long one. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, this Only, is... Uh, four hours? Yeah, this is a good one. This is lengthy, man. Um... I don't really have i think we covered did we cover everything and again i need to ask you because like i'm looking over we've been around the block there's a couple of little things but we'll have to do another one in like a year <laughs> and just yeah, touch totally. on everything and see how the game's upgraded and stuff that would be a really interesting follow-up actually is like this is sort of a talk about plans for the game in terms of like a year year and a half right yeah no, so in a, in a year and a half, it's like, so did you quit yet? Or what's going on? <laughs> that's how, the, how are you enjoying the updates? That's the thing. It's like, I, I'm I'm actually more excited for follow-ups rather than new guests. I know it sounds bad, but it's like, 
the follow-ups are going to be great in like you know a, give it a year we're getting a lot of different uh perspectives as well yeah now you've, you've had skillers patterns you got little old me irons get some, mains. Get some pks on irons mains i need All some the rest i need a uim on here and i need a pk on here i'll get how get hauke please I'd he, love he, to get Hauke on here. He can he can he can cover like four different topics at once. I'd love to get. Oh. <laughs> I love Hauke. He's a he's the man. He, he would make a very good guess. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think we're pretty we're on a good stopping point. Um, I want so listen, guys, Adicons, um, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube will be in the description as long as some of the links that I provided or that I uh, showed on the recording. I'll get those uh, in the description. Oh, well, those that I'll matter, I guess. Toss you some cool videos and stuff yep. from all the folks. Um, be sure, guys, uh, follow Adicon on those and subscribe to his YouTube as well. He's, I mean, just wait for Raid 3. When Raid 3 comes out, you're just, I don't know. If it's, combat if it's achievements as well, for sure. Yep, combat achievements. The main thing, oh, this is this is not not to drag on too much, but the You're big good. thing with combat achievements is three Zuck tasks in one. Oh, and this yeah. was like this was this was like the highlight, right? But um, there is one thing that I want to do with regards to three Zuck tasks, and it's not actually regular Inferno speedrunning. It's no pillar Inferno speedrunning. I did a I did my first and only no pillar run like two days ago. First attempt completion. It's not that Damn. hard if you know what you're doing. And just the thought of speedrunning it is both incredibly, incredibly fun, but also the problem with it is that you're just going to die. Yeah. You're going to die so much. And getting <laughs> tasks is not fun. So if, you, if you're able to get three in a row, I really think that speedrunning No Player Inferno will be a thing next year. And that's going to be something to look out for. That's going to be exciting. I'm so excited for just the speedrunning scene, just in general. Big steps every year. Well, um, if there isn't anything else to add, uh, Adicon, it was a it was a pleasure, man. I was, was that a, was nice. Was yeah, that was <laughs> nice hearing. Like, honestly, something I haven't heard in just a while is like somebody that's really talent. Like, you're really talented at the game, and it's nice to hear a perspective from somebody that's like does something different. Like, you know, does Inferno, does the hundred man CM. So many people were like, I know a lot of people wanted to hear about that. Was a big question in the thread was just how did how was the feeling of completing that, and it's cool to have you on so yeah it's a lot of fun yeah well thank you thank you for in, inviting me of course yeah and we'll have to do uh, a follow-up in like a year or so yeah when all this this content's come out it's gonna be good all right well be sure to follow guys um the next save cast is gonna come out next week probably i'm not gonna tell you who's gonna be on it yet but uh howkey howkey we'll see, well, we'll you, see. i know you, i know you probably haven't arranged already <laughs> but yeah we'll get howkey on eventually for sure Um, But yeah, have a great day, guys, and we'll see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.